1: All right, and welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, king of banter, very good family man, Mr. Joe Lands. Joe, we're live.
0: We are live. Let's do it. For a very tiny percentage of the people listening, but we are live nonetheless. Whether you are listening to this live or listening to this sometime in the future, Rich, people will be listening to this in the future, Um. Which is actually no different than any other show. It's literally
1: every episode we've ever done. But yes, it's so weird. These future people. Hi, future people.
0: Yeah. But uh, now there is a a small select group of listeners listening to this live as it happens. And I have to say, 99 out of 100 shows we do, it is one clean, perfect three-hour take. No breaks. No flubs. No need for editing. I'm telling you right now, we're going to screw up about 19 times on this one. Because everybody's listening to it.
1: Oh, for sure. And there's like an extra nervousness to this as well. Like, I was thinking about it getting ready. And I don't know if it's like super nervous or just kind of this like energy. that Because I was like, we went live like last weekend with the WrestleMania. And probably more people listening to that. But for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, it's a flagship. Oh, man. Three hours. Like, And everyone's going to listen. And everyone's waiting. You know what I mean? Like, Those other live streams, people are just like, oh, cool. Joe and Richard talk. But they're waiting for this one for some reason. I could feel it. I could feel that energy. People just dying to hear us screw up.
0: Eh, you know, it doesn't make me nervous. I mean, we've gone live before, just never for the full three-hour flagship or however long this show goes. Who knows if we have three hours worth of content. Maybe less. Maybe more. Who knows? But um, what made me nervous doing the two WrestleMania recap shows last weekend was I had the chat room pulled up, and that was distracting to me, mm-hmm. Reading people, reading people's thoughts on uh, what we were saying in real time, that was a distraction. So I'm not gonna have that open anymore because that really did kind of throw me off at a couple points. Cause you know, in real time you've got people like either disputing what you're saying or, or adding on to what you're saying. And then I'm in a groove here and that throws me off when that happens. So I'm gonna ignore the chat in the in, in, in you know, a little room you got set up for the live listening. And to me, now it's just another show. I mean, you know, it's the same show we do every week. It's just these people listening live, they're not going to get the bells and whistles, that's all. They don't get the intro. If we go bouncing, they don't get the music. You know, so that's really the only difference. But, uh... Got a ton to get. Way to sell it.
1: Way wait to sell it. Wait, to sell it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No,
0: I, 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 I from my own perspective. That's no, I how got I view it. it. I know.
1: You're just like, yeah, I'm not gonna pay attention to all you, and none of you are listening, and you're not gonna get all the right. bells and whistles and shit. But hey, ten dollars.
0: So for your ten dollars a month. I will ignore you. That's yeah, go on, what I'm business telling.
1: as usual. Well, I will that's check right. out the chat room. It is it is a little distracting, but I've got it kind of used to it. So I will try to interact with some people from time to time. But I uh, do understand that when we do these, like we do the the instant reaction and stuff like that, that's kind of fun, kind of loose or whatever. But man, voice of wrestling, you know, the the flagship, we, we it's it's hyper focused, man. It's three hours of like you got to have your takes ready. So I can't be like you're saying, I can't be every minute looking at the chat room, every minute responding because I got to get ready for that take. I got to get ready for that response.
0: Yeah, I just – I'm going to ignore the chat. It was my guinea pig last week. The chat was too distracting for me, so I'm going to blow it off. But what this does give these people is you know, we don't have to – it's like if you're one of these people who are bothering us on Twitter or in the Discord or bothering Rich rather every 30 seconds. Hey, when's the flagship going up? Hey, when are we going to get the flagship? Now you can just listen to it when we're fucking doing it and you don't have to harass Rich. For you know, uh, twenty four hours straight, uh, wondering when he's going to upload the thing. Because uh, you don't have to wait anymore. Now you can just listen to us do it live. So, uh, got a lot to get to. WrestleMania, Fallout, and uh, and and our sort of uh, big picture thoughts on WrestleMania. Now that we're almost one week removed from the event, and then uh, the revival finally got what they've been asking for. They have been released by the wwe there's some xfl news that we have to talk about that i think a lot of people may be misinterpreting and then there's a lot of stuff to get to in japan rich this is a big japan podcast now
1: we've yeah, done we, we only japan. cover big japan yeah i've watched more big japan in the last two weeks because they're just i mean of all the companies they just kind of seem like they're just kind of doing their thing <laughs> you know just kind of soldiering on we'll talk about how that's not really the case moving forward but yeah for the last month or so it's been like there's always Big Japan for you. You know, there's some other companies that are popping up. All Japan's got a show. We're going to talk about that. There's, you know, some Noah shows we're going to talk about. Man, Old Reliable has just been Big Japan, man. If you need some graps, Big Japan's there for you. Whatever you need them to. It's, I've watched so much Big Japan over the last month, and I'm not complaining. It's been pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah, Big Japan, uh, one of the few promotions that never really stopped their regular routine. They just kept their normal touring going with fans all of this time. Uh, That is coming to an end though. Luckily too, it was during the strong climb. So at least it was interesting shows, you know, at least it wasn't big Japan on some just normal rank and file tour. I gotta be honest. I don't know if I could have sat through those shows. No, I definitely
1: skipped those. Yeah. But watching, you know, four or five, you know, strong climb matches in, in, in a given video or whatever makes it a lot easier. Then it's like, oh, okay, cool. These are like and – and they're all like – and we'll talk about them when we, we, we discuss it a little bit today. I mean, I've been really impressed by a lot of the work. But, yeah, if it was half show or if it was, you know, two good matches and then a bunch of boring-ass deathmatch shit, I probably would not be watching these shows. But, yeah, it, it came at a very, very good time.
0: So we'll get to the Big Japan, and we'll catch everybody up on uh, where things – as a burp on air, there it is. As,
1: <laughs> I never, I would have never edited that burp anyway. Yeah, you know, I just keep it.
0: Absolutely in, right? not. That would have been there, you know, and that's because I took a gigantic gulp of the Coke Z before we started uh, to clear out my uh, my throat. I've been coughing a lot, Rich. Oh, good, <laughs>
1: fantastic.
0: I've been coughing a lot, Rich. I don't know, could be the thing. You never know. But uh, we'll get to the big Japan. Catch everybody up on strong climbing, and as Rich said, there was an all Japan, no people show, which I thought was very interesting. So we will talk about the All Japan No People Show with a very hyped main event. Uh, but uh, I, I think I like the undercard better than I like oh, the main yeah. event.
1: We'll, we'll talk about so, that a little bit. Yeah. But we'll get the, to that. The main event, <laughs> the main event, Edge and Orton and Gargano and Champa are all still going on as we're recording this show. So we'll see uh, when those end, and we can give instant reactions to every single one of those matches as they end. So
0: a good transition then into our first topic because one thing I've learned with the uh, no-people shows, empty arena shows, whatever you want to call them. Uh, shorter is better. I think I can at least settle on that opinion. Uh, the longer these things go, the more experimental these groups get, the less I enjoy it. That's sort of been a trend, whether it's the experimental WWE cinematic adventures or you know what they, they tried in the NOAA main event. A couple of weeks ago that we talked about the staring contest for 32 minutes, the All Japan main event. And look, I get it. They put basically their top six guys in a main event and, you know, told them to just to to kill a full hour. And 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 I get it. I get I get the idea behind all of these different attempts to to work around not having fans. But man, the stuff that I seem to have liked best has been the stuff that's been short, snug hard-hitting, get to the point. Uh, that seems to be at least my preferred uh, way of handling the no-fans.
1: Yeah, so when we talk about the All Japan show, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, you, you kind of told me, hey, you know, watch this All Japan show and, and, and be ready. Uh, the main event's very long. <laughs> get prepared for that main event. But the undercard is really good, and I'm thinking, okay, cool, and, and I'm watching these matches, and they're going by pretty quickly. They're ending in a few minutes or whatnot, and I'm thinking, okay, that's – and the, the first match happened and it ended in like 10 minutes or, or five minutes or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. And then the next match is like five minutes long. I'm like, all right, I get it. And then they have like three or four matches and they all end in like five to 10 minutes, all in this short little period. And I, I, I kind of came away the same way you did as well, being like, you know what? That was pretty cool. I enjoy that. I like that when it's kind of snappy. And that's, that's if, you, if anybody who listened to our instant reaction on, on night one of WrestleMania, that was our thought is like, cool. They changed their style, they reduced the time that the matches went, they didn't get too full of themselves, they just went in, did their work, and got out of there. Like, Daniel Bryan and, and, and Sami Zayn was like, they it didn't it didn't need to go ten extra minutes, it did what it needed to do, and it got out of there. And that's pretty much what the entire night one of WrestleMania was, and still, in retrospect, a week later, whatever... You know, in hindsight, I still, that WrestleMania Night 1, I will still put up among any of the in, empty arena stuff I've seen so far over the last few months. Because I think it was just a concise show. It was a good show. It was a tight little, like, what, three and a half hours or whatever. Every match had enough time, but not too much time. And and even, like, the Boneyard thing, we'll we'll talk about again in a bit. Like, even that didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. Whereas WrestleMania Night 2 and a lot of the other stuff I've been seeing lately, especially this NXT that we'll talk about uh, this week as well. it's It's... A lot of companies are deciding, oh, how do we do this? We need to have longer matches, bigger matches, you know, lengthier stuff and, and, and cinematic and all this sort of stuff. And I, maybe for some people that works, but for me, I'm just liking these tight five to 10 minute matches. Get in, get out, do your stuff, have a nice, simple match and, and move on. Like that stuff works for me. That worked on night one of WrestleMania for me. It worked in the All Japan. It's worked, I think, largely for AEW. I think they've done a pretty good job of, of, of sort of tailoring their TV to that. Whereas, you know, WrestleMania night two, NXT, this all Japan main events the noa thing like i'm not into like just sitting and watching an hour-long match or an hour-long segment or whatever, like, that stuff is, is starting to grind on me a little bit, and that sort of stuff is making me dislike Empty Arena Wrestling way more than any other aspect of Empty of Arena Wrestling. And the small stuff, the quick matches, the hard-hitting stuff, the, the passion, that stuff's got me. That stuff's hooking me, and that stuff's making me not, for you know, I don't care. I don't care if there's no fans. I watched that All Japan show, and I got two matches in, and I didn't even realize there were no fans. Like, I, I don't know. I was just stupid, I guess. But I'm realizing, and they're they're they're, they're quick, they're, they're Shot well, it's the tight shot. It's all that sort of stuff that we'll, we'll talk about when we get there. And I was like, man, I didn't even realize there were no fans here. Whereas these long hour slogs, they just, they, they. I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of them. And 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 we've had a lot of them in this last last week and the last two weeks.
0: I think it even speaks to when we were reviewing the WrestleMania matches over the weekend. And if people want the match by match reviews of the uh, of the two WrestleMania shows. You get those on the $10 tier behind the paywall. I think we did over three hours of total content between the two nights. So uh, if you want the front to back uh, deep dive on the WrestleMania shows match by match uh, the way that you guys know we like to do, uh, that's there for you. We're not going to do it again today. We can't repeat all of our same talking points. This is going to be more big picture thoughts on WrestleMania now that we're like a week removed and some of the fallout coming out of the show. Mm -hmm. But I think when we reviewed those shows – uh, what you're saying here, and what and what we're talking about, is all of the matches sort of feel longer when there's no fans. Because there were a few matches at WrestleMania where, as we were reviewing them, we were like, "Ah, oh, this match was so fucking long. I couldn't believe how long this mat went. This match went." And then you would look it up and be like, "Joe, the match was 16 minutes." And then we were like, no fucking way. That match had to be, you know, 28 minutes long. So that's even more reason to kind of keep these things tight and keep them short. Because the longer you stay out there with no fans, the more noticeable it is that you're staying out there with no fans. So uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's it, it feels to me like shorter is better. You know, I'm starting to wear thin on the no fan stuff. But it's the reality right now. And that's all we're going to have for, you know, moving forward. Now, Dynamite this past week, I thought. You know the atmosphere there was much improved again because they had the wrestlers back on the outside of the ring. The All Japan show, I thought what they did uh, was was uh, worked perfectly. I mean, they dimmed the lights. Number one, couldn't even see the
1: seats. Yeah, they cut everything. Yeah, you could only see the ring, which is perfect.
0: I don't know why any nobody else has thought of that. They dimmed the lights, all tight shots with the ring, and then what they were doing as as the wrestlers were finishing their matches. Those guys were going and then sitting in the seats. So then by the time the main event came around, you had like, you know, 20 guys.
1: (laughs) Screaming canto. Right. It was cool.
0: And everybody else from the card is now sitting in the seats, along with, you know, the office people and whoever else was there. So it kind of like what it did was it created a vibe where the deeper you got into the card, the the rowdier the crowd was because there were simply more people in the crowd and it kind of was like the natural escalation of a real show, right? Where the crowd might not be as amped up for the prelims as they are for the main event. So I thought the atmosphere at the all Japan show was excellent. Um, I thought a W dynamite has been hit or miss, you know, when they're allowed to have the, the, the wrestlers around ringside, I think it's been, they've done a great job. And as we've talked about a million times, WWE WrestleMania included has been just the hardest to watch. And the hardest to get through. I don't know what it is about the performance center and full sale that just hasn't worked. Um, you know, initially we know it was the hard camera placement and those things, but they adjusted. They copied AEW, they started doing tighter camera shots, but for whatever reason it's just Is it because WWE is so bright? Is it all of the I don't I don't know. It's just they seem to those for me at least seem to be the hardest shows to get through.
1: Yeah, and, and I think at WrestleMania we saw a little bit of an improvement. We talked about it the night of, is that you know especially night one and and through parts of of night two, there seemed to be a different idea and a different sort of ideology from the wrestlers as well. I don't know if that kit was top down, I don't know if the producers came up with that, but everything was a little stiffer, everything was a little harder. They were basically like, hey, yell a little bit more, be more vocal, hit a little harder, hit a little tighter, you know, make everything look a little bit better, look a little more snug because that's the way we're going to be able to get by this. And I I think that they. In a way, have adjusted a little bit better, but there was also the the idea too of of, of doing it back to back days and having to sit down for seven hours of of you know empty arena wrestling. It's just it, it's too much. It wears on you. And and that's not to say night one was a better night than night two, but there were aspects of night two that were still pretty good. But even then, like halfway through, you're just like, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of over this. I'm sort of done with all this empty arena stuff, and I kind of just want to watch anything or do anything else. So that I I, I think the the length of the shows. You know, combined in, in the two days, probably played into it. But I will say, I, I will give WWE a little bit of credit because they have, in in some ways, sort of changed and altered the way that they produce the wrestling. Like you said, the hard camera has changed, um, the 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 work has changed a little bit. They've tried to do a little bit more with trying to you know at least adapt to it. But then they've also, in in some ways, and we'll, I guess we'll we'll talk about it maybe here right now, is they've also pivoted to a lot of the, okay, well, for our big-time matches, we'll go cinematic. We'll go with what we had with the Boneyard match or the the One Last Beats match between Gargano and Ciampa or the uh, Fire 5 Flunhouse or whatever. They've kind of pivoted in that direction as well. is saying, hey, look, we can't fix some of this stuff. We can't really fake an Undertaker match. We can't really fake like a big-time, big grudge match uh, in front of no fans. So let's go in this direction. Let's go cinematic. Let's go with this sort of stuff. And you know, for some people it's working, for some people it's not. It, it it's kind of a match by match <laughs> case in a lot of ways, where the Boneyard match seemed to have worked for everybody, uh, for reasons we'll kind of talk about here, and 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 maybe sort of reflect on what we had, you know, our opinions were uh, last weekend as well. The Funhouse, varying degrees as well. I think we can we could probably talk about that a little bit too. Uh, and then Gargano Champ, which I know you talked about in the TV reviews at, at Patreon dot com uh, slash Voices Wrestling, a little plug there. But um, that one seems to be universally panned. And now I do wonder if maybe WWE like they like their want to do like they do often maybe is going a little too heavy into that right now and has already kind of ruined that sort of quote cinematic or that sort of feel uh, for people as well because we've seen now three matches in that vein in that similar sort of vein and each one has maybe had less you know for for various reasons but each one has had less sort of praise as it's gone on and I do wonder if they might overdo that if they if, if they continue going in that path
0: I think they would have done two of them anyway I think people are off base when they say Oh, WWE just—you know—they're adjusting the circumstances, so you know, it, you know—they're—they're they're trying new things. I think the boneyard match and the Bray thing would have happened, whether we had this situation or not. I, I just now the third one, no, because that was just going to be a takeover match. The Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa match was just going to be the main event of takeover. It was going to be their blow off. It, it, actually though, to be honest, they probably would have had the same exact match just with fans.
1: Right. Oh yeah. 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 No. And, and that's, but, that's like, I, that's kind of my take on that match as well. And we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit more detail, but like, it was exactly what I expected it to be. It was just kind of hokey because it was done in the cinematic thing and 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 yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with all this stuff. And and I guess we could talk about it when we talk about Boneyard match and and Firefly Funhouse thing or whatever people didn't hear our takes uh, on those originally. You and I weren't really mad about them. We weren't really like annoyed about those matches. We just I think you and I are both kind of in the same wavelength and and, and I'm still at this wavelength like, yeah, they're fine. They were okay. They were like fun or whatever, but like I don't really think that there are any transcendent, like, game-changing, oh, my God, wrestling now always needs to be this, and this is what wrestling should be, and all the evolution of the art form and all that sort of stuff, because that's what we were hearing this weekend. And, and I actually kind of wanted to, to to hear what your, you know, your take was, because we haven't talked about this since uh, WrestleMania. But do you think that people have sort of calmed down on that a little bit? It felt like in the moment, like it did for deletions and all this other stuff. Like, anytime one of these matches happens – in the moment, it's like, oh, my God, wrestling has changed forever. We'll never go back to wrestling matches. This is the way it needs to be forever. And then little by little, it kind of goes down and goes away and it goes away. And now we're like a week later. And I feel like that's sort of calmed down a little bit. I feel like the the, the people screaming about how this is the new, this is what wrestling should always be, those people have kind of been stomped down or maybe the excitement of the night of have, has kind of worn off. And now we're kind of back to being like, yeah, it was fun for what it was, but let's not get ahead of ourselves too much.
0: I think whenever anybody really enjoys anything you're going to have some hyperbole in the moment so i do think there's some of that um but i do think there's still some people who genuinely feel that way and would like to see more of this stuff and there's no way for me to make the next point without sounding condescending without sounding like i'm an elitist without sounding rude um, but I really...
1: But I think we are all of those, though, so that's okay.
0: That's fine. Hey, listen. Most of the time, I am. That is correct. <laughs> we
1: are what we are. So.
0: But on this following point, I really don't intend it from that sort of... Uh, in that sort of way. I think the people who genuinely feel that way, who think that wrestling should be more of this, they just don't... They're not pro-wrestling fans. You know, I, I, I think that... You know, what they want is something that isn't pro-wrestling. And... There's nothing wrong with that, you know. It, it's like, like we tried to convey last weekend, but I never feel like we do a good enough job conveying. You know, you could like what you like, and if you like this stuff, that's great. But it, it's not. That's it, not what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is not a carefully choreographed, uh, professionally filmed B movie fight scene. That's not pro wrestling. So if you like that, that's great. If you want more of that, that's great. But you know. You're you're trying to inherently change what pro wrestling is. You want something other than pro wrestling to entertain you. Um, same thing with the Bray thing. That's not even a match. That was just it was a a a uh, a video. It was just a it was a video. It was a video. It was a video package with Bray's vision of John Cena's character arc is what it was. Um, but it wasn't a wrestling match. And it's like, again, it didn't upset me because it's the – look, if if a promotion that I was emotionally invested in had presented these things, I'd be really upset. And I'd be screaming and yelling about them because if I emotionally invest in a wrestling company, that's, that's sort of breaking their trust with me if they do things that are not pro wrestling, that exceed the bounds of my accepted level of kayfabe. And they break that trust with me. I'm going to be annoyed, like when I was screaming and yelling about Matt Hardy, you know, and his and his disappearing act on Dynamite a few weeks ago. That bothered me, and I was annoyed by it, and I was mad online because that's not what AEW is to me. So it annoyed me. WWE can do this stuff, and it doesn't bother me because I'm not emotionally invested. I don't care what they do. Um, I keep them at arm's length uh, more and more. Like it's not even an arm anymore. I keep them at like fucking. A COVID length at this point. There's a six-foot distance between me and WWE at this point in my life. I don't care what they do. They can put a title on anybody they want. They can do these dopey videos all they want. They can have Undertaker be fucking magical all they want because they have already run me off from being invested in what they do. I watch them at arm's length, and I enjoy the good stuff that they do give me, and I don't get worked up when they do things that used to annoy me. But if you want more of this stuff, you just you, you, don't. It's it's just you don't want pro wrestling because that's not what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is not John Cena having a match in his mind against a monster. I mean, it's just absurd. You know, it, it's it's you, you cross any line of of uh you, you, you cross. Everyone has their own line, their own line of of accepted kayfabe, and that goes well beyond mine. Um. You know, were these things well-produced? Yeah, they were. Well, the NXT one was not. I think we could talk about that one more in depth because we haven't talked about it yet. But the other two were very well-produced, okay, by the standards of wrestling. Um, and I understand why people enjoyed them. If 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 that became the future of WWE, um, on one hand, I, I would not – I would hate that because – WWE is the market leader, and I don't want to see wrestling go in that direction because that's not wrestling anymore. But on the other hand, that'd be kind of cool because then I could just write them off completely.
1: <laughs> I mentioned that I mentioned that when I finished uh, watching uh, the NXT thing. I was like, you know what? If they t- decide to pivot to this and this is like the new normal, that's good. Cool. I'll just watch Japan and Indies all <laughs> like, day. That's fine. You know what? Guys, knock yourself out. Go do that because, like you said, then it ceases to be pro wrestling then I don't feel like... Because we always say on the show, and people always say, oh, you guys don't have to talk about WWE since you don't... Or, you know, if you hate it, or all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but we do, though. I mean, we we, we say that all the time. Like, the shows that we talk about WWE do better than the other shows. The shows that we talk about and preview WWE... Do better than the other shows. The articles that we post that are about WWE do better than all of our other stuff. They, they're the market leader. They're what people listen to, care about, follow, whatever you want to say. Like, we just can't ignore them. We can't do this sort of show and just ignore WWE. We have we have pared it down to the absolute, five, like, the last amount that we can do. We cover the major shows. We cover the major news, all that sort of stuff. But otherwise, we're not watching Raw. We're not reviewing Raw on SmackDown. We've always said if we wanted to make the most money on this website, you and I, every single fucking Monday night, would go on here and go, All right, Joe here's what happened on raw like you know what i mean or hey here's smackdown brock Strowman came out and said someone's gonna get these hands like we could do that and we'd make way more money than we do now but i'd rather kill myself than do that i'd rather have COVID, like joe than do
0: that we would I, i think conservatively we would double our subscribers if we reviewed raw and smackdown like live right after the show the show's ended the way that post does and figure four weekly does i mean and i'm not knocking those guys but if we did that, we could double our subscriber. But we can't do it. I can't. I can't. No. I would God hate no. my life. I, I just, I I just, just even saying
1: life. it, I almost threw up just thinking about watching SmackDown and going, ah, oh, yeah. Sorry, Michelle. I'll be, I'll be in bed in one minute. I just got to, you know, in, in an hour. I just have to talk to Joe about uh, Braun Strowman telling, uh, you know, Baron Corbin to get these hands. So I'll be right back. Like it would, it would infuriate me.
0: So next, Rich Liv Morgan took on Sarah Logan. Uh, <laughs> right. This went. I can't do it. I mean. I I give those guys a lot of credit. It's so hard.
1: Yeah. People don't understand. I mean, in the same breath that you're saying, like, we're not going to, we're not putting them down for doing it by saying that we would never do it, but mostly because I don't know what, I don't know what I would talk about. I like, it would be the most boring hour show ever because yeah, you saying, okay, Liv Morgan beat uh, Sarah Logan. Uh, She won via roll-up by distraction. So what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Sarah Logan will win next week. Who cares?
0: (laughs) That's our (laughs) show right there.
1: That's the first hour. It's just.
0: And the other problem is 90% of the time we wouldn't like what we were watching. So it wouldn't be interesting to listen. It would be interesting to listen to like the first couple of weeks. Ah, oh, listen to these two maniacs just tear WWE apart. By week three or week four, everybody would be bored. By week five or week six or week seven or week ten, everyone would think that we were just grumps who were trying not to like. You cannot win in that situation. And honestly, it would turn us into – uh, grumps who are trying not to like, because we fucking hate ourselves for uh, for forcing ourselves to do it every week. But um, it's kind of drifting off the main point. But the main point here is, I mean, you know, people like any. Th- I, I've talked about this for like three weeks now, but people like it's like they tend to really get into anything that's different, you know, in the, especially in the moment, you know, whether it's the the, the staring contest match or these kind of matches, they're so different. That it's like it hits people and they're like, whoa, this is, you know, but here's the thing. If Go Shiozaki and Kaz Fujita stared at each other for a half hour before every match, you'd grow to hate it very quickly. And if WWE did this stuff and just pivoted hard towards this, and this kind of became the house style music playing while the matches are going on matches filmed more like fight sequences than traditional pro wrestling matches, Uh, just all kinds of mystical bullshit and everything else. It would tank the company because people like this stuff uh, as an occasional taste in the moment. But if you overload on this, it's not pro wrestling anymore. So you're going to run off everybody that just wants to watch wrestling, which is most of your audience. And the people who think that this is what they want wrestling to be would be tired of it very quickly. Right. Very quickly. How many – could you really watch something like a Boneyard match every week? I mean even if you liked it, ask yourself that. You, you, You know, it would wear out very quickly because at that point it's not pro wrestling anymore. It's just a bad TV show, and there's good TV shows out there for you to watch if you want that kind of thing that aren't starring pro wrestlers who are bad at acting. So it, it would wear off very quickly, and it would bomb tremendously. And quite honestly, we have sort of the template for that already, and it seems to be the answer that the people who want to argue the opposite way always give when they say, Lucha Underground did it, Lucha Underground was great. Right, but you just owned yourself because Lucha Underground failed because they tried that, and, and, and the deeper they pivoted into this kind of stuff, the less people that watched. So, and then eventually it became unsustainable and they went out of business. So, I mean, uh, so to just the long winded answer to the question you asked originally is, uh, I think that there probably are people who wouldn't mind seeing wrestling go in this direction, but I think they're far fewer than you think, because in the moment it feels like everybody is all into this when, when it's new and it's happening in the moment, but what you realize is you're ex- extrapolating Twitter and giving it more importance, which is something we all fall victim to all the yeah. time. It's number one. And number two, it's something that people are excited about in the moment. And that's always going to be extrapolated. And it's going to seem like it's a, a stronger movement than it, than it really is. Um, you know, so it's, uh, no, I don't think it would work. And I think WWE is smart enough to know that, um, Can they control themselves and not even overdo it? No, I I mean that's entirely possible that they they do do more of these in the short term based on the success of the ones that they've done. But there's going to be diminishing returns every time. Now, The Fiend isn't going anywhere. So we're definitely going to see more stuff in this direction when it comes to The Fiend. And that out of the three was the one that got the strongest positive response. Um, we're truly rich out on an island when it comes to that
1: one. Oh yeah, for sure. I know that.
0: Well, and, and look, we're never afraid to have to have unpopular opinions, so that doesn't bother me. And I think that the people who listen to the show understand that we were never going to like something like that. And and it's uh, it's not even that. Look, I I don't think you hated it. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it either. I'm just so neutral on it. It just, just didn't
1: think it was that good. <laughs> it was, you know this thing. Oh, I was,
0: oh, now listen, it's so overrated. I mean, the, I mean, you know, the whole the whole thing with, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this whole thing with subtext, and we <laughs> have to have, you know, up rocks uh, writing think pieces on it and breaking down every frame, and Sam Roberts talking about break. It doesn't really require that. It wasn't nearly that deep or that interesting. I mean, it wasn't even like there was no subtext. I mean, Bray Wyatt literally walked you through the entire video and explained everything that was happening. Where's the subtext? It's like this had the subtlety of a blunt object. They hit you over the head with what all of this meant. So from that perspective, super overrated. Uh, Was it well done? Uh, Was it uh, interesting that John Cena would agree to a deconstruction of his character in this way? Sure. All of that was interesting. And I thought it was, you know, well done by wrestling standards. But. I could live without it. I didn't need this. I mean, I think they could have had an interesting match and told the same story with true subtext. You know what I mean? If they had a real wrestling match, they could have told this story using actual subtext, and it would have went over a lot of people's heads. But they chose to do it this way. This was probably the right way to go because it was a massive success. Right. So I I can't dispute that. But, you know, um, do I think it's some masterful work of art that that – you know, was this this was was a work of brilliance? I mean, come on, can we pump the brakes, please? I mean, the guy, you know, it, it, not only did Bray explain everything step by step, you know, Cena was doing wardrobe changes to fucking. I mean, they couldn't make what was happening more obvious throughout the whole thing, you know. And, and if if Cena hypothetically joining the NWO, uh, I mean, it, I mean, if you can't tie that to a hypothetical Cena heel turn. I mean that that's not subtext. I mean you're an idiot if you're not picking up on these things. I mean you have to be stupid if you didn't understand what was going on in this video.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's been pretty the reaction because like the boneyard reaction in the moment was oh my god this is incredible this is like the best thing I've ever seen in my life and yada 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 and all that sort of stuff and 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 what sort of the way it's sort of pivoted from that from you know Saturday or whatever isn't necessarily that people think it's bad now. People are just understanding. Okay, yeah, it was fun. It was fun because it was really bad. And it was like really campy and it was a B movie and that sort of stuff. And that I'm perfectly fine with. That 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 take and that opinion and that thought or whatever, I have no problem with that cuz that's exactly what I thought the entire time. I thought, okay, this is kind of fun bad. I'm kind of smirking, I'm kind of laughing a little bit. That's fine. To me, that that it is what it is. And if you want to say this is the best use of the Undertaker these days, hell, you might be right. That's fine. If this is what the Undertaker is going to be moving forward, I won't like it, but Whatever, it's not. It doesn't intellectually like annoy me on any level anymore because knowing that people and I, and I I sent this question out, you know, yesterday on on Twitter as well. Just like, hey, tell me why this match was was important. And every single person and every single response is basically, hey, it was funny and it was kind of like campy and it was kind of like a B movie. And that's fine. That's cool with me. The Bray stuff, though. <laughs>
0: the, 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 uh, the 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 boneyard match would destroy my suspension of disbelief for any other wrestling company that I pay attention to though. Because yeah, oh, you're no, telling shit. Me,
1: I mean it's not good. Like I'm not saying it's good, but you're telling me that it's, no, bullshit no, and it's fun it's bad like, or whatever. And that's that's fine for that company, but yeah. Correct.
0: <laughs> because they're telling us AJ Styles is dead. I, I Rich, I can't come back from that. If AEW tells me one of their characters are dead, then they, then AEW's done to me. Then I then I will treat them the same way I treat WWE or Lucha Underground in that I am no longer invested. And I may not watch anymore, which is why I made that same point with the Hardy stuff, you know, and they're, they're going to do a Hardy fucking deletion thing in a couple of weeks. And we'll see how that goes. I might explode. But yeah, I yeah, but that's I completely agree when it comes to Boneyard. It's campy. It's cheesy. The thing is, I don't want my wrestling to be campy. And yeah, cheesy. I don't I don't
1: want that either. I'll just go watch campy, cheesy movies instead. I'd rather I, watch the wrestling, it, so.
0: Now, in small doses, if you have undercard characters who are camping, that's one thing. But you can't be killing off characters and stuff. Now, do I believe there's some people who really would enjoy that in the wrestling? Yes, I just think it's a very small universe of people, and I don't think they realize how small they are. You know, because again, we had the test case already. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, go ahead.
1: But then I was going to say the the. the... What I've been kind of waiting for on the on the on the Firefly Funhouse is okay. Where when's that going to sort of change? When's the tide on that going to sort of change? And Joe, it hasn't. <laughs> it's just led to a bunch of people saying, "Oh, that that's you know what an incredible tale of of John Cena's career and and peeling back the curtain, but giving you know subtext." And, this. and I'm reading this and I'm like, "What is going on?" Like there's a there was a ringer piece the other day, and it, it, it's one of these like we always we, I think we talked about it the day of. Uh, The Firefly Funhouse. And we said, we will be right eventually. We were right about the deletion shit. We're going to be right eventually. Because in this, I think it was The Ringer. I don't want to call out the wrong one, but I'm almost positive it was The Ringer. Um, Whoever their author was wrote an article about how this is like uh, uh, the way that wrestling needs to go in this, you know, coronavirus era. And instead of having, you know, fake sporting, it should be, you know, embracing its whatever the hellness. I forget exactly what it was. And and what it brought up, it, it brought up past examples of this happening in wrestling. And as I'm reading this, I'm reading it going like, these are all really bad examples for this case that you're making because all these things fucking suck. It was like Kevin Sullivan in the 80s. It was the King of the Road match. It was Papa Shanko. It was like all this sort of stuff. And I'm reading, I'm like, this is not like, this isn't telling your tale very well. You know, the, the, the Hollywood backlot brawl was mentioned, and all these wonders. white castle of fear. Yeah, the white castle of fear, and I'm like these were all unmitigated disasters like history that- laughs at these the king of the road match is, is yeah. a laughable part in WCW history just absolutely ridiculous. The white castle of fear was just them lighting money on fucking fire for no reason whatsoever and and it's, it, even at the time it was it was it was considered stupid and, and, and annoying and, and, and weird, and then and now in history it's like, oh my god, can you believe that these idiots spent this much money on the white castle of fear and the beach blast and all this sort of stuff and this article is bringing up these examples of past times when wrestling has embraced you know what it should be and i'm like if this is your examples if this is the case that you're making then we're going to be just all right joe because all these things were unmitigated disasters fucking failures when they happened and and, and yeah people can in the in, in the week be like oh man that what, what oh that's what wrestling needs to be and that's what it is and and i think you kind of mentioned a little bit as well but like you said that the people that aren't wrestling fans are maybe embracing this more the people that, that are searching for something more in the wrestling instead of just wrestling and I think also it, it does shine a light and maybe it's to B's credit that they did this during Wrestlemania that maybe you had a bunch of new people that would have never watched wrestling before but said ah fuck it I'll watch Wrestlemania yeah there's nothing else going on I'll check out Wrestlemania and saw this and said oh this is fun this is cool this is interesting and those people sort of led to a little bit more of this like uprising of oh this is pretty cool and it's leading to a lot of these think pieces and all that sort of stuff because those people are not wrestling fans so to them this might be pretty cool this might be pretty fun if you didn't know that that john cena was a a a train you know training in ovw and then came up and then slapped you know kurt angle and did ruthless aggression or whatever you might find that kind of interesting when john cena came out in his little ovw gear i was like all right here we go that's the fucking uh, john cena ruthless aggression thing like all right you didn't know that dr Thugonomics ever existed you didn't know like i could get that maybe you would find this interesting but yeah this is like i was just kind of left with the same thought that you had like all right, cool. This is like they're basically pointing a giant arrow and telling you this is Doctor of Thumb and Hobbit John Cena. Oh, hey, here's OVW John Cena. Oh, here's like bright color John Cena. It's like, okay, cool. Like, you know. It's 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 nothing. I mean, it's honestly not much different than what the the money in the bank thing was. If you remember with CM Punk basically saying, you know, you call yourself an underdog, you call yourself all this, but you're the New York Yankees, man. You get everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like they already did this story, so like for anybody that was watching for a long time, it's not a new, different, or interesting story. Like they've leaned into that, which I've seen it for a while. So I'm just left with like just kind of stunned amazement that like we're still at this point where where people think this is some different, unique, interesting way to tell a wrestling story. It was a video package that. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of goofy and kind of campy, but I don't know. I like it, it's very bizarre.
0: You know, you're right because they've already deconstructed John Cena already in this same, very same company. I hadn't even thought of that. But they've done this already, they did it with CM Punk. You're absolutely right. You know, yeah, the, so the
1: story was that you're this company man, you act like you're against everybody, and, and you're a company man or whatever. So then you're, you know, you're a hypocrite, and right? Yeah, yeah. and, 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 and that's the, that was the whole it. story. And then, you know, and 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 Cena kind of plays up that in that match because you know, Cena yeah. and, and and Vince and, and Johnny Ace come down and they want to screw over CM Punk. And John Cena's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm trying to prove that I'm not a hypocrite here, I'm trying not to be a part of this. So he stops them, and he kind of in that moment has this sort of vulnerability or whatever. But hey, this is weird because all this happened in a fucking wrestling match and it's an incredible wrestling match. More of that, please. I like this more than some fucking po- You could tell the same yeah. story in a pro wrestling match and do it much better in this medium. Like
0: Yeah. With real subtext. <laughs> right. You know, instead of spoon feeding it to people. Um you know. It, yeah, I, I agree and I hadn't even thought of that. But um you know and most of the examples that you gave in that ringer article You know, didn't make money and were total bombs from that perspective, too. That's the other thing. And it's funny because wrestling never goes in this direction. Well, I I won't say never, but wrestling very rarely goes in this direction of trying very hard not to be wrestling, except when things are going badly. Do you notice that? Right. When wrestling is going well and things are going well, they tend not to do this shit. Uh, Think of a lot of the examples. I mean, TNA slash impact has done this throughout their history when things are going very badly. You know, well, fuck, let's just let Matt Hardy do this and and see where it goes. The undead realm is another good example Mm, um, of, of impact, you know, and WCW when they had Cheetah blowing up the boat or they did the White Castle of Fear. This is when they were at, you know, the literal bottom of their business in their history. You know, so it's like, fuck it. We need to try something outside the box. When wrestling gets desperate, they think the way to attract new fans is to not be wrestling. And it never works. The way that wrestling attracts new fans or brings back the fans that they lost is to be good at wrestling. Because that's what people want when they watch wrestling. You know, And you could even extend it to this example. It's like, why is The Undertaker doing Boneyard matches? Because he isn't good anymore.
1: Right, because he can't move his body anymore.
0: It's it's almost always, in the case of wrestling, it moves in this direction when what they're doing isn't working. When when doing wrestling isn't working because they're bad at doing wrestling, then they revert to this stuff. You never see wrestling do this stuff when things are going well and, and people are buying into what they're selling. You know, and and that's an important point too. I say, I say, not always because I mean, Memphis always did stuff like this, but Memphis was always a, a completely different animal, and a lot of that Memphis stuff fell flat. Some of it worked, but a lot of it fell flat. You know, for every Memphis gimmick that worked, there was a Tagar Lord of the Volcanoes that is a laughing stock. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and the crazier it got in Memphis, uh, you know, the less successful it tended to be, with some with some minor exceptions, uh, and you know the. Uh, I you know, I the, the I don't know enough about Florida business to know whether or not Kevin Sullivan being satanic and all that was good for business or bad for business. I'm just not knowledgeable enough on that time and place. But I don't even think that went as far as some of this stuff. That was I mean, we've had characters in wrestling that were just crazy people, you know, so I'm not even sure I agree with whoever wrote that article for the ringer. I don't know if I would throw Kevin Sullivan into that. You know, now if you want to talk Dungeon of Doom, I'm very willing to throw that into there. Absolutely, Master, and you know that was a whole different.
1: We have the Yeti.
0: Yeah, he had a literal fucking mummy. I mean, you know, so you know, so that's funny too. It's like it's it's. Wrestling doesn't do this shit unless wrestling feels like its back is against the wall.
1: Right. Yeah. Look through all the years that you mentioned: White Castle, Fear, and that shit. Nineteen ninety-three. A terrible year for the wrestling business. Nineteen ninety-five. The Dungeon of Doom. A horrendous year uh, for for wrestling business. Two thousand nineteen to whatever years of impact. <laughs> terrible years for Impact Wrestling. Like, yeah. And nineteen ninety-eight. There, you know, there there was a little, you know, bit of that, but at, at its core, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, the pissed off employee beating the fuck out of his boss. You know, <laughs> it's-
0: which everyone can relate to. Which, you know, you know, isn't over the top and crazy and or any of that. You know, so and then when the Attitude Era starts losing steam, you know, Ministry of Darkness. It it seems like it's always kind of like a not and I not say a fallback, but these wacky ideas only come when you need to come up with wacky ideas. Right. And and most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, they do not draw money and they do not work. So moving off of Boneyard and and uh, the Firefly Funhouse deal, this NXT match.
1: Yeah, so Joe, okay, you got your WWE Network set up, right? We're gonna do three, two, one. We're gonna go live. Pause to talk about the symbolism as it happens. Uh, so, are you oh ready? God.
0: Oh my god! Could you imagine <laughs>
1: three, two, one, yeah. go? All right, here we go. <laughs> the you know, drone, least- okay, Johnny and Candice are now driving up in their Hyundai, uh, whatever. I don't know what the hell the car was.
0: You know, at least with this one, like you said earlier, it's almost universal that this fucking stunk. I don't think there's. I mean, does Ryan Satin even like this? What I don't you know.
1: Thinking? Yeah. Well, that'd be. Yeah, that'd be an interesting case to see. Okay. So Candace has handed Johnny something in a package, Joe. What is this going to be? Are you
0: really going for No, I'm kidding. I'm no, not God, no. This.
1: I'm just in my head remembering it. No, God, no. I would never watch it. I will quit again. the show.
0: <laughs> I'm taking half the Patreon money from this month first, but I'm quitting the show. Um, yeah, I mean, this was horrendous, and and it's weird because I feel like they could have had the exact same match in the building at TakeOver at whatever – what building was this going to be in in Tampa? I don't even know. Wherever the Lightning
1: play, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I forget what the name of that thing is, um, but yeah, the, the whatever, the Lightning building. <laughs> we'll go with that.
0: Is that really all they do in that because there's no basketball team
1: down No, there. yeah. I don't know. I think that's all they do there, which is a little – Train. Kind of a <laughs> it seems there. like a waste of an arena but uh, yeah you know what hey. there's no
0: big college team down there or nothing it's just there's fucking... no uh
1: there's no uh there's no arena football team there anymore i believe the, the arena football's gone no tampa bay storm anymore i believe yeah i believe that's it i believe it's the lightning don't ask how i remember it, that the uh tampa Bay storm was the Tampa bay arena football no, bigger, so.
0: you, you and lance archer are big i loved
1: players. i loved arena football man yeah archer was he was all in man
0: so uh yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone liked this, and it's like, but I think they could have had the same exact match in front of fans. I could easily see them having the same match in front of fans. So without the fans, they decided to turn this into uh, the worst example of this cinematic stuff that we've seen. I mean, you had the the dopey music in the beginning to kind of set the scene. Triple H sitting in a smoky ring, mm. sitting in the corner like Raven. What was that about? <laughs> I have no idea. Except he had a chair like Raven. <laughs> Raven just sat on the, in the corner on the floor, right? He would watch dance and Stevie Richards act like a fool. And then he'd eventually stand up, but triple H sitting there like Raven on the chair. Oh, I know he had the chair because he tossed the chair dramatically into the center of the ring, telling the boys, go ahead and kill each other. That's why he had the chair, right? I figured that out. The subtext, right? There you go. Yeah. See, I you're learning. You're learning. Subtext. That's
1: good. We um, haven't even gotten I'm to learning. that part yet. So congratulations for getting ahead of the game. On I that, could
0: so. write for up rocks now. Um, so he throws the chair. He says, "This match is gonna start when I leave the door." Uh, Drake uh, Drake Wirtz is here, and you're gonna listen to everything he says. And then they proceeded to not listen to anything Drake Wirtz said.
1: <laughs> that Did was you notice, actually, that? honestly the, the thing that was probably annoyed me the most about this match. And I will say, like, as like I, I, it was bad, no question. It was bad, and I hated it. But I, I think I hated it a little bit less than the Firefly Five Funhouse thing because it, it, it was bad. And I didn't have people tell me that it was good. Does that make sense? Yes. It's like, I can swallow this one easier because it was fucking garbage and everybody knew it was fucking garbage. And we can all universally agree that it was fucking garbage. So we don't have to pretend that it was good. And I like that. Oh,
0: and it was 52 minutes long.
1: (laughs) yeah i love so I, i'm as i'm like i know that it's I, I knew it's i watched it spoiled and i knew it was gonna be long and I knew it was gonna be bad or whatever but yeah 10 minutes in where drake's like johnny we don't you don't have to do this johnny come on johnny and i'm like oh my god we're 10 minutes in like how long is this gonna happen because he's not gonna just stop telling him to stop doing this but yeah johnny's Gargano hits like a ddt on the floor and he's like come on johnny he's had enough and i'm like oh no yeah oh dear god like we're already doing that and we're Barely, we're a quarter of the way through this and already have Drake Words being like, that's enough. Come on, guys, stop. Like, oh. I, I was
0: hoping they had like Kona Reeves versus Vink on standby or something. And this thing wouldn't be 54 <laughs> minutes long. But um, I wouldn't mind. You know what, Rich? At this point, I really wouldn't mind a nice little eight-minute Kona Reeves-Vink match. Yeah, Just go out there and wrestle. I mean, honestly, I, I could really use that about now. But... uh so, yeah, and, you know, and then Tommaso Ciampa's cutting the ring apron off, and, and, and Drake Wirtz is telling him, you don't have to go this far. You've done everything you could do to each other. And I'm thinking they've already cut the ring apron off in another match. <laughs> right. Like, these guys are completely empty when it comes to ideas because they've had, like, four of these matches already, and they're all, like, a half hour long. This one, they got to go an hour. And he's like – I'm like, you know, have they done everything to each other? They've done all of this already. And then they end up on top of the truck, bad uh, quality control with Edge and, and Orton being up there four days earlier. And, uh, you know, and then the finish is completely absurd with the fucking ball kicking. And Johnny's wearing the cup, which is what Candace handed him oh at the beginning god. of Oh, my
1: god. Oh, these art, the art of this. Uh,
0: yeah, it's like uh, so brilliant. And then it's like people are going – I can't believe they turned Candace heel. Rich, let me ask you a question. Is helping out your husband turning heel? I don't even like shouldn't she help out her husband in this scenario and not the other guy? I mean, I don't know if that's actually a heel move.
1: But I don't know. I, guess- I don't know who's what anymore with this. Yeah, I, I I have no idea. Yeah, I guess people can call that a heel move, but it really, yeah, again, she just like wants her husband back. And the the thing that's gonna get her husband back is to stop fighting this asshole Champa, so I don't know, I'm, I'm on the train that Champa's always been a heel, and <laughs> Johnny's in the right here, so I, I'm oh, probably the wrong audience here, but yeah, Daddy's home has been a heel for the beginning for me, and he's been a vile, horrible human being for years, And but he got hurt, so we're supposed to think he's cool now, and Johnny's like, fuck yeah. this guy, <laughs> and, and we're supposed to think he sucks, so Tommaso, I don't know anymore, man. T-
0: Tommaso Ciampa did nothing noble to turn face other than get hurt and come back. I mean... This is another one of these WWE stories where the heel is in the right and should really be the babyface Because Gargano has been wronged by this man every step of the way. And he was rightfully annoyed that the fans had rallied behind this guy. So it's like, how can you not see things Gargano's way? But his wife helps him out. But that wasn't even the most – the finish as bad as it was, and it's an all-time bad finish. That wasn't even the worst part of the match. The worst part of the match was when Tommaso Ciampa finally did his face turn, heel turn, I don't know what kind of turn, but he's holding hands with Johnny Gargano. And he's saying to Johnny, what did he say to him when he held his hands? Uh, Was he like apologizing and he's saying, uh, uh, we don't have to do this. Like After this epic (laughs) 50-minute battle where they tried to kill each other, after Johnny gets kicked in the balls by his wife, now this guy wants to, yeah. Let, let's all one order under the bridge. Let's let bygones be bygones. Let's hold hands and hug it out and be bros again. Which is even again, Tommaso Absurd. Ciampa, is so annoying throughout all of this story and throughout this whole match. And then uh, he gets kicked in his balls, and uh, and uh, Gargano wins the match, and presumably they're never going to wrestle again. So, you know what I would like to see happen? I'd like to see Vince McMahon just decide he wants to call them up again and have them come up as a smiling baby face yeah,
1: tag. Yeah, DIYs. <laughs> yeah. High five on them. DIYs right
0: back, <laughs> completely ignoring this story that Triple H has told uh, since 2015, Rich. Do you realize this started in 2015? Yep. 2015. And listen, it's possible to tell a five-year story in pro wrestling. We just saw one of the best stories in the history of pro wrestling play out in New Japan over the course of about five or six years. This is not the way to do it. I mean, they just – at some point, they just lost their way with this fucking thing. And, I mean, if they just would have had one of these overwrought uh, matches, but they had like four or five of them. How many of these have they had? I mean, seriously.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd have to – you know what? Yeah, it's a great idea. Let's let's go to the old uh, cage match and see. I, I, I Off the top of my head, I want to say four, but He's I think poor. it's more than that. Let's see here, uh, Joe. Are you still there? I think we uh, we got our first uh, technical what issue do you here. Mean? I'm right here. Oh, there you are. All right, <laughs> you started talking, then you went away. So people, I mean, people it... love the dead air.
0: They love it. They okay. love they love the long pause. Okay, There's so we had uh,
1: we're, the Cruiserweight Classic. That one doesn't count because that was a good match. Uh, it was 10 minutes and 47 seconds. Weird how that no was one,
0: Nobody had turned yet. That no, was a no. uh, baby face battle. That Yeah, that one done
1: down. Right. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I saw their face turn live, and I'm trying to think of all the things that have happened in my life uh, since the, the Tommaso Ciampa turn. So, uh, unsanctioned in New Orleans. Gargano defeats Ciampa 37 minutes. So, you got that. Um, takeover Chicago 2. I did not go to that live, but Tommaso Ciampa defeats Johnny Gargano in 35 minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, takeover 4. Uh, takeover Brooklyn 4. Uh Champa defeats Gargano with 33 minutes and now the empty arena. So it was one, two, three, four. Uh technically four, yeah. So I was right on the money there with four so far. So
0: and almost three hours worth of in-ring yeah. between the four matches. And the problem is, like we said, all four matches were exactly the same. You know. Yeah, just- when I saw
1: him pulling up the ring again, I was like, guys, come on, man. <laughs> You've done this. Like we need let's, you know, if you're gonna do this shit, like you gotta I hate to say it because I don't want these guys to, like, kill themselves out there. But, like, if you're going to keep doing these sort of dramatic, uh, mellow, like, then you have to save this. Stuff. You can't go, oh, we're going to tear up the ring again. Uh, we already did that. We already saw it. To, we already saw it so yeah. much. Ciampa, DDT, Gargano in the floorboards. We saw that already. Yeah. Like, you can't do that again and make it. Oh, my God. Drake Wirtz is like, oh, come on. You can't do this. You can't For, do this. Forget, forget the individual spots. You can't just have this
0: super emotional, uh, you know, fucking emotion fest four times. You have it once. You know, you have other matches to build to the big emotional climax of the story. They had big emotional climaxes four times. Right. That's the problem here. You can't expect people. And and, and each one of these matches lost more and more people along the way. A lot of people hated the first one. I think we kind of liked it. By the second one, we were kind of starting to check out. But by the third one, more people started to check out.
1: Yeah, and but- I like it. I mean, Johnny Gargano is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So I'm not here to I'm not we're, – we're not that show that's like – Johnny Gargano, su- I mean, you're going to listen to a lot of shows and they're going to tell you Johnny Gargano sucks because they think he sucks or whatever. I don't think Johnny Gargano sucks. I love Johnny Gargano. This shit sucks, though. <laughs>
0: all of this sucks. Yeah, exactly. And now by the fourth one, everybody universally hates it. And and everyone acknowledges that the story just dragged on way too fucking long. And yeah, I mean, one guy got hurt in the middle of it all, but it's still, you know, even outside of that, it dragged on just way too long and it's just, they ran out of ideas and um you know, does anyone really think it's over? That's the other thing. How can it just end here? I mean, doesn't Tommaso Ciampa now get told he can't have another match until he finally convinces William Regal or whoever else to give him another match? I think that's where we're going. I do. How can you end it like this? With him get with him losing in that fashion. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, who
1: cares? Who knows? They won't even follow up. They'll just that's what you know what? <laughs> per,
0: yeah. Who fucking cares is the best way to live. It fucking <laughs> sucked. It was terrible. So uh that's WWE uh cinematic adventure hour. Um some big picture thoughts about WrestleMania now. So I want to start here because this is interesting. Edge defeats Randy Orton in 37 minutes. Oh, it finally ended.
1: Horrendous... That's cool. It ended. It did
0: awesome. end. It ended while we uh were recording the show here today. And a horrendous match. Um Edge seems to be a little mad online about this. Oh,
1: he is. I mean, he's not
0: admitting – he's trying to play the old, I'm not mad, but he's mad. Um,
1: I'm not mad, but here, let me go for an entire (laughs) five minutes telling you why I'm not mad.
0: (laughs) Now, look, I I feel for him. I do, because – did you watch the doc?
1: Uh, I've watched a little bit of it, and the part I've seen has been pretty good. I want to watch the entire thing, but yeah, I've heard it's fantastic.
0: So he's a likable guy and he's easy to root for and all that and he comes back from this uh you know double neck triple neck fusion surgery or whatever the fuck it was and the thing happens and it totally derails this this you know this this great program he's got going with Randy Orton because now there's no fans and now WrestleMania is not going to have any fans so his big return singles match is you know, already off to a horrible start because now he has to have it with no fans. And no matter what these guys say, no matter how much they go out there and say, we're still putting smiles on people's faces and, and uh, you know, we're still going out there and, and, and making people uh, not think about their lives for a while. Every single one of them was disappointed that WrestleMania happened in front of no fans, okay, if you're giving them truth serum. So this poor guy comes back, uh, just horrible luck, has to have this big match in front of no fans. Then he goes out there, and the match is, I mean, I won't want to say universally panned, but most people hated this fucking match. And I feel bad for him because he did go out there and work hard, and they did bust their ass, and the work was good and all of that. We talked about this when we reviewed the match behind the paywall, but it was just too long and too repetitive, and it just didn't work. And whether it would have worked in front of fans or not, who knows? I don't think it would have. I think it would have lost the crowd because it was too long. And too boring and too repetitive. But at the end of the day, I feel bad for Edge because this is not how he, this is his big return and it is a great story and this is not how he could have envisioned it. And then everybody is shitting on his match. So do I blame him for being a little defensive? I don't. I kind of just feel bad for the guy. Randy Orton, Randy Orton probably doesn't give a shit. Randy Orton cashes his checks and bangs his wife. And, you know, you could tell that he just doesn't take these sort of things to heart the way that other people do. But Edge, I feel bad for him. I really do. And, um, you know, him saying that Bret Hart called him personally and told him it was a great match because it looked real and all that. I believe that Bret Hart liked the match. I have no doubt in my mind that oh, Bret Hart... Oh, for sure, yeah. That's a Bret Hart match right there. You know, and, and, if, and if that's enough to, to make Edge happy, but you can tell that he's annoyed that the match got some negative reviews, and and I and I I'm not dunking on the guy. I I feel bad for him. I have some sympathy for him with all this.
1: Yeah, it, it it's a it's a terrible situation. I mean, the, the problem though is is he called out. He's specific when, when you're saying when he when he's mad online. If if for people that didn't see it, he was on Corey Graves' bullshit podcast, whatever the hell the thing is called. I don't really care. Um, but he was he was mad that people were were criticizing the length of the match and. I get why you'd be upset about that, but he's he's trying to say, well, it's during a pandemic. I mean, what else do you people have to do? With it? And it's like, I, okay, I get that, but you can't control- stop saying that. Right. <laughs> like-
0: Okay, just because it's a pandemic, it—it's not. you're not immune to criticism if you're putting out bad art. <laughs> right, exactly. If someone puts out a shitty album during the pandemic, we're allowed to say the album is shitty. If you have a shitty, boring wrestling match, I'm allowed to say your wrestling match stinks. If the next episode of my favorite TV show misses the mark, I'm allowed to fucking complain about it. So I'm so sick of using that as like the shield of criticism. Okay, we're all in the same boat here. And the match fucking stunk. But well, go ahead, Rich. I'm no, sorry. But I mean, yeah, no, yeah, that, no, that's uh,
1: and, and and like that's the part that gets me is like, yeah, I feel for Edge. I feel bad and all that sort of stuff. But bro, there's like a difference. I mean, there, between the gap of five minutes and forty-five minutes or whatever, there's somewhere in between there that this match could have been. I don't think anybody would have said if this match was 18 minutes of these guys brawling and then getting in the ring and doing all. This, I don't think anybody's criticizing it. It, it's the oh my god this match has gone on too long coming at the 30 minute mark and then there's another 15 minutes after that that's all it is and that's all everybody's saying so the idea that like oh well it's during a pandemic what else do you have to do you know just sit back and enjoy it and all that sort of and I'm like no dude like it sucks. Like you said, the art sucks. Like, I'm allowed to say your art sucks, even if there's a pandemic going on. Like, I'm still allowed to say that it sucks. Like, if people thought that this episode of, Voice of The Flagship sucks, that's fine. They're well in the rights to say that. We can't say, we're giving you three hours of content, all right? So you shut up. Like, no, if it sucked, it sucks. Like, it's fine. We, we get it. But that's where I kind of maybe lost a little bit of sympathy from him, just a little bit, because, yeah, his idea that, like, well, what else do you have to do is it, it, just not working. that's sort of been the attitude that I think a lot of people have sort of had initially with with wrestling in general and, and, and we've talked about it a little bit we talked about it a few weeks ago and we, we we I think even last week we touched on it a little bit but I think WWE and and, and maybe wrestlers maybe all these people are kind of getting a wake up call that that fans aren't just dying to see anything in this you know they people truly want they they still want good art. They still want to be entertained. They still want stuff that's good the idea that we'll just sh- just show up and people are going to be there in droves and everyone's going to love everything you do because they're just so desperate for something for new first run content or whatever like that's not the way it's gone the ratings have not reflected that either the 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 general perception of of these empty arena shows have not shown that either. So I think a lot of the fans and a lot of the companies and a lot of things are getting a wake up call that just just existing during a pandemic is not nearly enough. Like people also still want to be entertained. We're not that desperate yet. You know what I mean? There's still enough for us to do that. Just the the mere existence of your art form isn't enough for us to get excited. So you got to step it up a little bit. You got to do this sort of stuff. And maybe they've learned and and whatever. I do feel bad for Edge. I do feel bad because he wanted all this. But again, there's somewhere that match would have sucked if there was a crowd waiting in the arena for them as well. You know?
0: Yeah. I, I If there I, was
1: if there was eighty thousand people cheering, it would've still fucking stunk.
0: Well, they wouldn't have been cheering by the end. I'm con I am I am convinced that match would have died with a oh, crowd.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh.
0: 100%. None of it wasn't first of all, ninety nine percent of it wasn't in front of the crowd. Number one. And who knows if they would have played it that way if there maybe that's because there wasn't a crowd that they immediately went to the back. But um you know, it's it's it, it was so long and so boring and so repetitive that I think they would have lost the crowd. Did you notice this little bit, too? I think they edited the match because he said the final edit was 42 minutes. And what they gave us was 36 minutes and 35 seconds. So there was actually
1: more of oh, this. God. <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: Unless he was counting, like... The, you know where orton gives the rko before the bell and maybe the post-match stuff you know what as a wrestler i bet you he was counting beginning to end
1: yeah like he may have true. gotten a tapers a, a link yeah. that said hey here yeah. here it is from the first part of the video to all the way to the end but yeah it doesn't count the bells and maybe that's counting the entrances and the the, the after or whatever so yeah maybe that's right. maybe that's true so. so
0: maybe there wasn't more of it but um yeah it was dreadful but i i do feel very bad for him i think that uh just big picture thoughts. We both enjoyed night one more than we enjoyed night two, because I think night one, all of the matches were, were snug, hard hitting. A lot of them were kept a little bit shorter and to the point. Uh, night two got off to a good start. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we both thought Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley was the best match of the entire event. Oh, 100%. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I haven't yeah. changed on that either. I, I still think it is.
0: So it would, it would be either that or the latter match for me. And I would give the edge to Flair Ripley. Uh, I'd probably go ladder match two. And then maybe Owens-Rollins three, unless I'm forgetting something. Looking over the matches here. Nah, that's probably the order I'd go. Um, I'm not, you know, Boneyard, Bray. Those aren't even matches to me, so I don't even consider them. Uh, not that I would thought either one of them were better than those three matches anyway. But And then the rest of the two nights, I mean, was a lot of stuff that ranged from um, you know, forgettable, like Otis and Dolph Ziggler. I thought that was terrible um, to just, you know, kind of there and OK. And, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I just slapped the gentleman's three. I think there was a lot of Gentlemen's three uh, night night one. I would call uh, I'd say it was like a good show. I, I'm. I, I, w- I would be OK with calling night one a good show. I wouldn't go any harder on the praise. Uh, But it was a good little show. Night two, I would be comfortable saying it was a slightly below average show because Edge and Orton was just so bad and so long. The Bray Wyatt thing did nothing for me and everything else outside. And Flair and Ripley was like very good. Mm -hmm. I went notebook on that and everything else was kind of just there. So I'd say slightly below average on night two. Um, Let's talk Flair Ripley for a second because we both agreed in real time uh, $10 super fan here if you want to hear Three hours of this Of uh, Wrestlemania breakdown match by match We both agreed in real time That it was obviously the wrong booking decision But we weren't going to make a big deal Out of it because again it's WWE You can drive yourself nuts Breaking down the booking minutia of WWE It's a waste of fucking time But Rich did you see the follow up on NXT
1: Uh, You know I actually have not watched all of NXT yet So yeah let, let me. I have not seen it So what, what okay. happened
0: did you hear my Thursday TV review? I have not yet. The fu- okay, good. So you're coming into this completely blind. I'm going to tell you exactly how they followed this up on NXT. And I want you to tell me whether you think I'm telling the truth or lying. Okay. <clears throat> Here's how you did it.
1: So I, okay. So I need to decipher if this is true or false, which is, yeah,
0: you got to tell me whether I'm bullshitting you or not.
1: So you're going to give me a line and then tell me, is that true or is that false?
0: Yeah, all the way through.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Go ahead. So, so a little game, here. Us- little, little game here. All right.
0: Eh, not much of a game, but okay.
1: So <laughs> Make <it a> game. <laughs> I need stuff to join. I need games. I need to play stuff. Like I to, I I bought a basketball hoop just so I could play basketball in my my driveway. I'm dying for a game here, so let's go.
0: So we both agree that Ripley should have beat Charlotte, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, so True. Charlotte beats her <laughs> True. True. <laughs>
1: ding ding ding. So All right. Charlotte
0: be- So Charlotte beats her. Not only beats her, but beats her clean in the middle. Not only beats her clean in the middle, but submits her. Yes. Like, yeah, right. They don't even have Rhea Ripley, like, pass out to the pain or refuse to tap or the referee stops it, much to Rhea's chagrin. You know, there's ways to get around that without having her tap out, right? But they they didn't choose to do that. They chose to have Rhea Ripley tap and give up against Charlotte Flair, which to me was mistake number one. They show Charlotte Flair's post-match interview on NXT this week. And she's there with one of the interview robots. I don't remember which one it is, and honestly, as we've discussed, it does not fucking matter.
1: Caleb, Braxton. To- we'll go with Kayla Braxton. There sure,
0: it is. Sure. Sure, it was Kayla Braxton. It was Dasha fucking Fuentes. No, she's
1: not there anymore. Dasha Fuentes isn't there anymore. She's, uh, she's in she? AEW now. AEW.
0: Oh, she's the one that went to so See, they don't fucking matter. It doesn't really make a difference. Cassie
1: Kelly's making uh, cooking videos or some shit. Um JoJo Offerman is is having Bray Wyatt's children, and, and, uh, yeah, Caleb Braxton and uh, Charlotte Cruz are still hanging around, so. All
0: right, it was one of those two. So, they're interviewing Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte basically just gives Rhea the big blow-off. She says, ah, Rhea Ripley, she was fine, but let's face it, she's no match for the queen. Oh, God. No, this gets worse! I hope
1: that was false, (laughs) but that was true, Oh, it's true.
0: Forget the game, because everything I'm telling you is true. So the game's out the window. Oh, damn it. All the, right. The bit didn't work the way I thought it would. So the
1: <laughs> That's the fine. Just go. Yeah, go ahead. So,
0: so Charlotte basically buries her again in the post-match interview, which is okay for a heel to do, I guess. But maybe you want a S- Charlotte to show some vulnerability, right? Like, like you want Charlotte to say that Rhea was no match for her, but you can see the cracks and you can see that she's full of shit because she's a heel. No. Full-on confidence. She's not very good. I took care of her like nothing. That's that. Rich, the next shot, you're not going to believe what they did here. (laughs) I'm going to piss you off because you're a big Ripley fan. She's curled up in a ball on the ground, rocking back and forth like mankind in 1996. Okay. We're off to a bad start. Okay. She's curled up in a ball. False.
1: False. It never happened.
0: She's crying and weeping. Oh, no. As she's curled up in this ball, she's wiping (sighs) tears from her eyes. Right. She gives one line. And one line only as she looks up to the camera and I don't want to blow it. So I'm getting my notes off and my notes out. So you got your picture in the scene, yes. sweat on the brow, yes. tears, weeping, rocking back and forth. And she looks up at the camera and she can barely get out her words. And she goes and I quote, she's a lot better than I expected. End quote. Cut camera away. God damn
1: it. It's so, so bad. What are you doing? Why? So
0: not only does Charlotte, the heel, think that Rhea Ripley's not good enough or in her class, but Rhea Ripley, doesn't the babyface, the up-and-coming star who the idea is to get her over, doesn't even think that she's in Charlotte's league. Is that just mind-blowing in its fucking obtuseness why, or not? I
1: why would – what would possess them to do that? Like, that, you- that's all backwards. Like, that, Charlotte should be saying that. Charlotte should come out and say, I'm still the queen. I'm still the champion. But, man, Rhea Ripley took me to the absolute limit or whatever. She'll um, never
0: beat me. I'm too – Yeah,
1: but, I'm, but I'm still the, the queen world. and I'm the champion and I got the gold right now. But credit to her. She – brought me to the absolute edge, but she's not good, better than me. And she never will be better than me. And Rhea Ripley comes out there and goes, don't forget. I took you to the limit. And the next time we fight, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to win that title from you.
0: Instead of being (laughs) curled up in a ball on the floor, crying, saying that, that you're not as good as Charlotte flair. How about we see Rhea tearing up a room? stomping back and right. forth. I should have won that match. Around. I had
1: her. That was mine. You know, I, I, I had it. It, it yeah, that, that's the next way Next time
0: that. it's going to be different. I can't believe this. This was the biggest match of my life. I'm so disappointed in myself. Right. Next time it's going to be different. I'm coming back
1: better than ever. Yeah. The next time she sees me, she's going to see a new Rhea Ripley. Charlotte a better Sarah, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Next
0: time I get you in the ring, I'm going to tear you to pieces. Where's that? No. Curled up in a ball, <laughs> rocking back and forth, crying. She's better than I expected. I couldn't believe what I was watching.
1: And that's the baby face, right?
0: That's the baby face. Okay, got it. That's the baby face. That should be Charlotte after Rhea beats her. You know, it's like, ah, God. you know, you can make an argument that Charlotte could have won the match, but you could have handled it in a way where everybody wins.
1: Right, like we just said right there. where we just we're... stayed out. Yeah, where Rhea maybe is getting real close to the ropes, and Charlotte pulls her away from the ropes, and she has no choice but to tap out for the better. She can't let her knee, you know, if I stay in this hole too long, the knee's going to be ravaged or whatever, so fuck it. I'll tap out, and then she comes out the next night and says, you know, I, you, you beat me by an inch. If I had gotten the ropes, you wouldn't have beat me, or da-da-da, anything like that. And, and and you know, you know, I, I tapped out for the betterment of my, the rest of my career, but yeah, the next time you see me, the next time we fight, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be better than ever, and I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to win that title.
0: Why would I ever rally around Rhea Ripley now? She's just
1: a geek. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to act like that never happened and just keep going.
0: So we compound on the horrible finish. Especially
1: her. You know what I like? uh, Not, not like if that's Candice LeRae cutting that promo, that's kind of Candice's character. You're you're right. Like like plucky underdog. Like
0: it almost works. If it's her, you're right. It's a
1: six, three fucking brick shit house. Rhea Ripley, the star on the rise that looks like a million bucks or whatever. I don't want her with the tattoos and the fucking leather sitting in a corner crying. Yeah.
0: The fuck? It's horrible. <laughs> you can make it, yeah, you're almost, you're right. It almost works. It'd still be bad. It's but it terrible, but yeah.
1: Candace, it works. You, it, like, you know, the Kairi Sane or whatever, it could work. Bailey, you know, those sort of characters can, would absolutely Tegan work.
0: Tegan Knox. you could put a Tegan Knox. Yeah, in yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, well, she's, yeah, she's great at crying, so.
0: You know, it, it's like, oh, geez, that's a low blow. My no, God,
1: I'm she... saying, no, I'm just saying, no, I'm not being mean. Like, I think she's good at it.
0: Those tears were real, my friend. I know. But she's,
1: I know she's good at. No, I'm not Man. saying because she, when she got hurt, I'm saying that, but like, it were like even in the in the storyline with Dakota, where she was like close to breaking down at times or whatever. Because you buy it, like she's kind of this plucky underdog and like emotionally gets. I don't want. I don't want Rhea Ripley feeling any emotions other wow, than listen, anger.
0: Rich, I'm sorry, but you're canceled. It's too late. <laughs> yes. These shows are live now. I and- like Tegan Docs. No, you mocked the woman Damn. for blowing out her knee twice and, and showing real emotion. And I'm sorry, but you're canceled. That's uh, well, just the way it that's goes. That's the end of that. So
1: it was good. It was as, good run. We got an hour and it's so in. So that was good. as a
0: man who's been canceled countless times, I could tell you it means absolutely nothing. So you're okay. Okay. Right, um, let's move on to uh, let's see. So drew McIntyre, another guy I feel terrible for. He's really trying to handle it the right way. Good for him. He's being positive positive. He's saying everyone will remember it because of the circumstances. But you know this man wanted to be out there in front of 60,000 people holding up that title and having his moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Feel bad for him. Um, I've got an interesting angle here for you to to ponder. Was this sort of a uh, no-lose situation for master manipulator Paul Heyman in that he talks Brock into putting over Drew McIntyre strong and Brock's a guy who will do business, especially if Paul Heyman gets in his ear and tells him it's good business to do. I think we all agree on yeah, that. Yeah, of course. So so Heyman convinces Brock, we're going to do a re- – because this was a strong job. I mean McIntyre was put over very strong in this match. I think we'd all agree on that as well. But Heyman can't really lose here, right? Because if McIntyre flops, which I believe he will, and I believe Heyman thinks he will as well, then it's like Heyman could just say, well, you know, bad timing and circumstances. The COVID-19 really cut the legs off of Drew McIntyre. There's only one thing to do, and that's go back to the beast Brock Lesnar, right? But if Drew McIntyre works out, Paul Heyman's booking this shit, and he's in charge of the brand, and he pushed for it.
1: Right, he could say, you know, I, I told Brock that this would be the best opportunity to get, become, you know, for, for Drew to become a star and all that sort of- yeah. And
0: look at this, it's worked out. This guy's a fucking... This is like a no-lose situation for Paul Heyman, right? He's, is, he's good uh, at what
1: he does. <laughs>
0: is this a Heyman
1: special we just witnessed here? I think so. He's a great – I mean, he's a great wrestling mind, especially when he comes out <laughs> ahead. I mean, that's – he's the best.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, the, the big winner here, no matter what, is Paul Heyman. So, um, you know, raw ratings tumbling and, you know – the thing happens at just the right time for him in that respect too, because who the fuck cares about ratings right now, right? But that shit was free-falling long before the thing. To be fair, to be fair, Heyman's objective was to improve the younger demos and the female demos. Both of those things were showing signs of improving while the total viewership was starting to tumble. But his objective that he was given was we have a young people problem We have a female viewer problem. We need to fix these things. And he hyper-laser-focused on those things, and those things were starting to turn around, despite the fact that in the bigger picture, the total number... It's almost that kind of thing where when you do spring cleaning in your house, right, you kind of have to make a bigger mess to clean, right? You ever clean a room and you have to make it a bigger mess before you you Oh,
1: you got to tear it down to build it back up, for sure.
0: And that's almost kind of what we were seeing, but now with the thing, that's all thrown out. But in this scenario... It's like Paul Heyman can't lose because, I mean, he picked he picked McIntyre. But if McIntyre doesn't work out, you know, he could just blame the thing. And, then, you know, then you just go right back to Brock. And he probably told Brock the same thing. He's like, probably tell him, Brock, look, man, just be patient. Yeah, you know, go, he, go to
1: your farm, throw up some yeah. – you know, chase some elk or whatever the fuck you do in your free time. And, and we'll call you back. Yeah, you'll, 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 you'll get another job.
0: Chase an elk. So uh, Braun Strowman, who wasn't even booked for the show <laughs> – comes out of the show as the universal champion. None of this matters, obviously. Um, But I think that's interesting. Like, he wasn't even booked for the show. Roman was booked for the show. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think, Rich Kreich, that there's a chance that Vince McMahon thinks that Roman Reigns is a pussy for not coming to WrestleMania? Remember, they made that last-ditch effort to try to get him there. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think he thinks Roman is some kind of, like, you know, pussy for not showing up for the show? And do you think this is going to, like, change his mindset on Roman?
1: Um, Right now, it's hard to say, but I would not be surprised if it was true. And I think because Vince is a guy and we've heard from everybody that's ever worked with him and every that, that like when you're in his, it's very hard to get in his good graces, but when you're in his good graces, it takes a lot to not be in his good graces. But the second you're not in his good graces anymore, you're fucking dead to him. I mean, Drew McIntyre yeah. is a great example of that. Drew McIntyre was like a guy that he saw and said, ha, they talk about in the, in the, the Drew McIntyre 24 seven or whatever the hell that thing was, where Vince fucking loved this dude. We heard about it at the time. We knew about it at the time that Vince was, like fell in love with this guy and said, this is our next guy. This guy's it. And, and he wanted like hell for this guy to be the biggest star in his company. And when he didn't do it, when he wasn't able to kind of achieve that level for him, Vince, fucking He was done with him and go throw him off and you're done. And I'm not saying that that's happened with Roman. I don't know quite yet. I have no idea, but given past history, given sort of what we've seen from Vince, I, you bring up a very good point. I would not be surprised if he looked around and said, "Well, well, goddammit, it, we had fifty other guys that came here and busted their ass and sacrificed for the greater good, and you didn't." And you would, and and like again, we're. I'm not saying that I, I don't agree with Vince McMahon on there. I think a man who who recently you know survived leukemia probably shouldn't be there because he's very immunocompromised, all that sort of stuff. So he's Roman Reigns is all in the right to not do this, and and, and well in his right to say, you know what, this isn't a really good idea, guys. Someone it, it should never have even come to that. It should never have been a decision for Roman Reigns. It should have been the doctors in WWE should have said, "Oh, no way, this guy." I cannot show up on this show. There's no way we can do this. So that's what I'm, I'm not taking fits aside here, but you bring up a very interesting point, and I cannot wait to see what the follow-up is. And really, I mean, it's going to be a come of time where Ransom where might be out of sight, out of mind for a while here. Because when is he going to be able to come back, realistically? I mean, until yeah. until we're, we're back to normal, you really can't justify having Roman Reigns on your show in any way, shape, or form, other than a pre-tape that he does in his own house. Like, he needs to not be around there. He needs to be nowhere near... Anything right now, given given what he went through over the last year or whatever. So he might become an out of sight, out of mind type guy where Vince might just say, you know what? Fuck it. We, this this is a guy who we, we've suspended before for for PDs. We've suspended him for this. We, I tried to push him like hell. I wanted him to be my next guy. It never worked. He never latched on it, never attached. There's enough working in his favor where Vince might have finally just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I, I'm fascinated by that. I'm glad you brought that up. I had not thought of that before.
0: Strohman wasn't even on the show. He wasn't gonna be on the show. Now he's the champ. But I think that's more they had this deal with Goldberg and it ended here. So they had to get the title off him. Right? Especially with everything going on. You gotta convince Goldberg to come back down to the performance oh, center. Yeah, no.
1: He whoever was in that match was gonna beat Goldberg and win the title. So
0: Right. So they had Strowman on on standby. I guess he was the best option. I mean, you had Big Show, who uh McIntyre beat moments <laughs> later. <laughs> I love that. Let's
1: company um, I fucking she- love this company so much they can't they, they they even when you think that they're gonna change oh they're gonna change and now they're gonna do the boneyard match for every single match they've decided the the art form of wrestling has changed they they book a new champion and the first thing Vince McMahon does is trips over himself to get him to beat the goddamn big show because Kate give me Kane yeah. Kane's not available well god damn it give me the big show <laughs> like, right I, just, I love it he just will never change. Everybody's waiting for the grand, grand moment where WWE changed the entire art form. But they'll never will. A champion won, and they had the fucking Big Show go out there because he got to beat the monster. I
0: love yes. it. I love it. And it wouldn't have been – see, that's my point. This was a trickle-down effect, right? No Roman. So Strowman, I think, would have had that Big Show spot. I think Drew would have been out there cutting his interview. Bro! Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: So said it would have been Braun, but then Braun had to take Roman's spot. And then, you know, because where the fuck has Big Show been? I mean, he's not even in the picture, right? So I think Big Show took Strowman's spot. It wouldn't make sense not to have Strowman not on the show at all, right? He's been in the mix. So that was very, like, dubious to me or conspicuous, whatever the right word is. That Strowman wasn't even booked. Then all of a sudden, Big Show is showing up to challenge Drew McIntyre. I don't know. I think that was meant to be Strowman.
1: I like it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's very Yeah, it's a, it's a weird it's it's all yeah, the weird trickle down effect and 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 I just have like no feel for. And I and I guess it's it, it's right that nobody should really have any feel. I mean, we have no idea what they're doing. I mean, they are still going on. They're still acting like it's kind of business as usual for them. Uh at some point that's going to have to stop and we're, we're going to talk about it in Japan as well like a lot of companies that have sort of said, Hey, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing this. Like eventually that's going to have to stop. I think a W now said that they have, you know, until X amount of days and then they're done. Like, I'm so fascinated to see if WWE is just going to continue to push on. We saw UFC this past week try to do everything that they wanted to do, and uh, which was incredible, by the way. <laughs> like, the most ridiculous thing ever. I was ready, Joe. This almost turned into a, a UFC podcast. If they did island death matches every single week, I am all in on that. It is so absurd and so ridiculous, and anybody that agrees to do that is so ridiculous as well that, like, I would have I would have let go of any sort of, like, ah, you know what? The the the, the, the global medical and the global pandemic, I would have just been like, fuck yeah, island death matches Let's go like everybody agreed to fly to this random fucking island and fight one another. So I'm in. Uh, but even that is no longer. So, I mean, at some point, WWE, I, I don't know what what is their contingency plan? Do they have a plan? No, it's so strange. Like they're like, oh, we're going to tape this weekend for the next two weeks. I'm like, taping. what are you doing? <laughs> like you should have been. This needs to be way buttoned up already. You got to know what the hell you're doing already, guys. No, like,
0: no, no. They're taping today. As we record this. They're taping Friday And they're doing three weeks worth They're going right up Some money in the bank
1: That's bizarre man Like what are you doing They
0: might even be doing What are they going to do Money in the They might just tape Money in the bank too See here's the thing They Might not See here's the thing They're taping Raw Smackdown And then they're taping NXT separately I think Was the deal Let me look at my Right right
1: right Well because NXT is is still Kind of going from full sale And all that sort of stuff Right 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 and hold on,
0: hold on. Here it is. It's uh, – um, yeah, okay. So today, Friday, Friday the 10th, depending on when people listen to this, they're doing one full week at the PC. They're doing three Raws and three SmackDowns. And then Meltzer reported that NXT is going to be at full sale, um, and they're taping multiple shows at full sale. So they're full steam ahead right now. And here's the thing too. They keep doing 205 Live too. They keep doing 205 Live. <laughs> They keep shaping. I don't know if they're doing main event. That I can't... um,
1: I haven't seen Evanston Words uh, tweeting out about the A-show lately, so I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on with the A-show.
0: Now, here's what's interesting. NXT UK. (laughs) This week, they did a... um,
1: The rise uh, of NXT UK.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They just did a, a highlight show, right? To buy themselves some time. But they've only got six matches left in the can, which gives them, like, two... That's, like, two shows. Right. So... Do you think they're going to try to piece together an NXT UK this week? Some kind of tape for NXT UK. <laughs> and just do like Pete Dunne versus a jobber over and over and over. Right. right. Is he even in Florida?
1: Um, no, I don't, I don't think, think he is. is. No, I think he's still in 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 the UK, weirdly.
0: So NXT UK for the next six months is going to be Cassius Ono versus <laughs> like Isaiah Swerve Scott just over and over. Um, so, so I don't know what they're going to do about that. Uh, But, yeah. So, no, they're not stopping. And they fly enough under the radar. See, UFC got told. See, ESPN and UFC's overlords stepped in. Their broadcast overlords stepped in and said, look, you're not taking us down with you. So we're not going to air your pay-per-view. And then he had to back down and, and, right. and not do the show. Because... It became too big of a news story, you know. Even though it's on tribal land, the state of California was annoyed, and ESPN and Disney didn't want to go down with that ship. There's no ship for for Vince to take down with him. I mean, who's gonna? Because it would yeah, it have to be the state of
1: Florida, but, but it would have to be the state of Florida. But given you know what's <laughs> going on over the last month, I don't think the state of Florida is going to be the one leading that charge. So yeah, that's probably not happening.
0: Yeah, Florida. Yeah, is one of the most you know. they they have been like the last to shut down. I don't even think they are shut
1: down. No, they're not. I mean, yeah, they're, they're like partially shut no, down, did, but you can still did, go did. to church and the and like you can do. There's like a bunch of weird exceptions that it's like ah, it's not quite. Well, a they chased guy.
0: AEW out. They chased AEW to Georgia. That's true, but it's like McMahon is just gonna thumb his nose until like someone says you're going to jail if you do this. Right, there'd have to be
1: literally armed guards in front of the building to let him not in. Yeah. To, so he's
0: going to keep filming footage and, and, you know, um, it doesn't seem like the wrestlers, if there was some grumbling some weeks ago, but I don't hear any grumbling anymore. It seems like the wrestlers are all on board. They've all been brainwashed by the dark order to say, we're here to put smiles on people's faces and give people an escape. Cause that's all you hear from these people now. So I think they really nipped that in the bud. If there was any grumbling but a lot of them probably want to get out of the house and go fucking wrestle anyway. Honestly, I can't blame them. I can see why some of these people would be bored and they want to keep going to work. I mean, it's not wise, but a lot of these are like people in their fucking 20s, you know, who they're not thinking in that way. You know, and and I, I can kind of understand it. I I don't think you have to drag a lot of them kicking and screaming. So if he's going to keep going, I think his wrestler his employees are going to keep showing up, or right. his, his not-employees, whatever you want to call them. his Independent, independent contractors,
1: contractors, yes. They will independently contract uh, to the Performance Center every, uh, every few weeks until he tells them not to. So,
0: Well, Dash Wilder and, uh, well, Bald Revival and Revival with Hair. It's Dash, what's the other guy's name? Dash, Dash Wilder,
1: Wilder and... Um, Scott Dawson. Yes, there you go.
0: They are no longer independent
1: contractors
0: no. as we transition to the Revival, finally getting their release from WWE, and as many reporters have confirmed now, um, can't name one specifically because they've all pretty much confirmed it, whether it's Ryan Satin or or, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, as of uh, the time of this show. Uh, They're free and clear right now. They're not one of those 90-day deals. Okay, so now what does that mean? It's not like they can go work anywhere right now, but Technically, they are free and clear to do as they please. Here's something that's a little confusing that people don't understand, though. If you get the 90-day non-compete right, that they give a lot of people when they release them, that doesn't prevent you from working somewhere else or signing another contract. But if you do go work somewhere else or sign another contract, you're just forfeiting that 90 days of pay. Okay, That's, I think, something a lot of people don't understand about the WWE non-compete. The 90-day non-compete, but uh, that doesn't even apply to this situation. It's kind of irrelevant here. Um, this is they are free and clear immediately, and even the verbiage on the tweet that WWE sent out kind of suggested that this was an immediate release. So uh, the revival finally get what they want. Yeah, and this feels like yeah. this
1: feels like for I mean, doesn't this feel like the saga when? When did the saga even begin? Like when did the fifteen start? months? Jesus,
0: fifteen Christ. months. <laughs> They have been asking for their release for 15 months. Now, listen, it got a little annoying and tedious at times. There's no question about that. Um, but they just wanted to keep stirring the pot. Give them credit. Okay? We say to all these other people who take the money and then complain that they could what can they do, Rich? Eat shit. Eat shit. These two guys complained, didn't take the money, and in fact turned down the money, turned down seven figures each. At various points in time, stuck to their guns and got their release. They were going to wait it out. Now, one of them was going to be under contract a little longer than the other because of the injury clause and whatnot. But these motherfuckers give them credit. They got some balls. They're betting on themselves. If you want to use whatever cliche you want to use, they were going to let those contracts run out. But WWE cut them loose a little early. Not like it matters with the current, uh, you know. It's funny how it – of Yeah, go confused. ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think this is a. Uh, would this have occurred if uh, we didn't have coronavirus or would they give him on the 90
0: well, day? Coronavirus aside, would this have occurred if Mid South Tony wasn't finished taping? That's,
1: that's, what, that's what I mean. The way you yeah. Gotta, yeah. There's no way. That's
0: the way you got to look at it. Mid South Tony wrapped up his taping last week and they're not doing another round of taping until they figure out what they're going to do for double or nothing. They're all in the can. All their storylines are set. All their matches are in the can. So they didn't cut them until those guys, number one, were finished taping. So they couldn't show up on Dynamite next week. Hypothetically, the other thing is, uh, Dawson is that the go? Which is the one with the hair?
1: The hair is uh, Wilder.
0: Oh, that's Wilder. That's obviously. Wilder. We're yes. professionals. We do a weekly three-hour podcast <laughs> on Pro Wrestling. Let me make sure. Um,
1: I think that's true. Yes, yes. Wilder's the hair guy, and, and Dawson's right. the no hair guy.
0: So Revival Hair was on the Edge Dock and played a pretty big role, too. So that could add something to do with it, too, where they're like, all right, let's not get rid of these guys until the Edge Dock airs.
1: Right. Yeah, I do do wonder. And people brought that up, too. And I wonder as well if, like, because one of the guys helped Edge get ready and all that sort of stuff. I do wonder if maybe Edge kind of puts a word in and said, you know what? Let these come on. You know, these guys are good. They helped me out. Let them go, man. You you know, I I wonder if that timing. Because you have the timing of you wanted the doc to end and air and all that sort of stuff. I also do wonder too if like Edge put in a good word and just said, you know what, these guys helped me. They didn't have to. Like let's let's let let them go.
0: It's possible. I don't know. I, just, I don't know if he
1: has that sort of cachet with Vince, but maybe. I
0: think it may be a combination of all those things. I mean, you know, you don't want them to be able to go because they would have shown up at that AEW taping. Um. So now that's out the window. You know, at this point, you know, you don't have to worry about them being on Dynamite. Until when's double or nothing? May May twenty
1: third, I want to say, but let me let me double check that to, to be sure. But uh, yeah, somewhere somewhere yeah, May mid May uh, or whatnot. I was going to talk about that a little bit earlier too, because that uh, not looking like it's going to happen. Well, we uh, can
0: we can fold it in. Because yeah, May twenty third. MGM Grand is shut down, and it's uh, it's not going to be there. But just assuming that you know, Big Tone buys himself an island, Dana White style, or finds another building somewhere to run his pay per view. You know, the earliest you can potentially see them is then because everything else is taped. Um, Although with the way AEW does things creatively, is there a chance that these two guys film something? I
1: was going to say, like, you you can say whatever, but yeah, they could just do a pre-tape and and, and throw that right into AEW and say, hey, we're the revival, we're coming. But I don't don't love that either. I think you might want to just hold them off until this point
0: even if it's just a vignette for them to introduce themselves, give their new names, challenge the bucks, whatever you're going to do with. Them, I kind of like, like them running
1: out and beating up the bucks on double or nothing. You, you know. But I guess if yeah. there's no fans, I <laughs> this is the weird thing like debuting people with no fans is so weird. And like the Brody Lee one, I think they did it okay, but you know, Obviously, it was disappointing him that he wasn't in front of, you know, his hometown crowd. Or he wasn't in front of Rochester, New York or whatever. Matt Hardy, eh, whatever. Like, I think that probably would have been better with fans or whatnot. But, like, the idea that I have of the revival is, like, how cool would it be they just come through the crowd and beat up the Bucs or whatever, and they're here and they've arrived. And that's not going to work. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, that's... These guys, you know, it's just going to be so weird and so clunky. So maybe at that point, you should just do a pre-tape and say, hi, we're The Revival or we're whatever the fuck we're going to be. Here's our new name, and we're here, and we're coming for the Bucks or whatever. You know, maybe just drop the pretense, drop all the bullshit. Everybody kind of knows what the deal is with them. Just go ahead and do it.
0: That's maybe. what I just said. No, I'm saying, I in my I head, appreciate. I'm saying you might be right.
1: I, maybe you're right. So,
0: um, Did you watch Being the Elite this week?
1: I did not watch Being the Elite this week, no.
0: Listen, I'm starved for content, okay? Um, <laughs> i
1: too busy watching Big Japan, so.
0: You should probably watch the new being the elite. They've been doing this storyline where uh Nick O. Jackson, not Matto, but Nick O. Jackson, you know, he suffered the head injury when yes. he closed the – okay. So he's rehabbing from the injury, and what the Bucks have done is they've built a wrestling ring on like a tennis court of the development they live in or whatever the fuck, right? And they've been – Doing like these training segments On being the elite Where Matt and Nick get in there And arm drag each other And shit like that Right And then Nick is always like I don't think I'm ready yet I just I'm 80% Like the running gag Is the percentage Keeps going up uh-huh. You know He's like He's 69% one week Then he's 80% Oh they I'm sorry They don't work blue So he's like 62% one week Then he's like 80% mm-hmm.
1: Right
0: They don't They don't work blue It's true They don't no, no, They're pretty good at it actually Christian men They respect the God So uh, they're they're big time into the Gs is rich. So they don't work blue. But the point here is they've got the wrestling ring on the tennis court there. And um, this week on Being the Elite, they wrestled a match against two local competitors. And I've never heard of either of these men. And they went out there and basically had a four-star fucking match on Being the Elite. I mean it was – it's the fucking Bucks. They could have a four-star match with me and you. Um, But the point here is – then they shot an angle with the two local jobbers who were disappointed. Now now they're going to wrestle SCU next week. So They're like doing matches on Being the Elite now. Got it. Yeah, okay. On this wrestling ring outside of the Bucks' house. Okay? My point here, could you, could you sneak the Revival in that way? Can they get out to California and maybe get involved on Being the Elite somehow? You got the ring. You're doing these matches. I'm not saying you give away the match. That'd be incredibly stupid. But do Dash and Dawson sneak attack the Bucks? Or could you see something in that direction?
1: Yeah, it, it's all just so weird because I don't know. Yeah, where I have no idea where they live. I think they're like North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, They'd yeah. have
0: to drive out there.
1: Yeah, it's a long drive. <laughs> but I guess I you got mean, nothing you else to do. High, you
0: don't, listen, you get a cheap flight nowadays.
1: You could, yeah. Flights yeah. are flights are pretty affordable. As long as you don't want to stay anywhere or do anything, you can get to another town pretty easily. So. Yeah, I've considered driving like eleven hour. Who the fuck cares? What are you gonna do? You know, who cares? I just stare at the window. Isolated,
0: you're in a car. You're not yeah. bothering.
1: Anybody. <laughs> right. I, I um, thought of, like one time when Michelle was off, you know, next weekend, and I'm like, I would just fucking drive to like Montana or some shit if you want. Like, you don't know, like what are we gonna beyond, do? We're not doing anything I think, anyway.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's beyond the pale. I think you're allowed to drive around. What's yeah, the problem? Right, with that? right. You're not, you're not in danger in anyone driving around. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of different ways they can go. Uh, what about the idea that we're all just assuming they're going to pop up in AEW? Don't you think it would be kind of cool if they did one NWA taping?
1: Yeah, one- that that's one that I like a lot because people brought up like the New Japan and I don't really want to see them in New Japan whatsoever. I don't I think, feel like they're a fit. No, nah, that kind of stinks. I know people just like immediately want everybody in New Japan, everybody that's good in New Japan, but like. I don't like. I don't. I don't like it for whatever reason. It it's weird. It's clunky. I don't think New Japan needs them. Obviously, okay, right now just... it's not a great time to debut in New Japan because I don't think New Japan's going to run for quite a while as well. So,
0: well, yeah, this is all working under the assumption that these companies are eventually going to run. Right, again. right,
1: right. But, it, but let's say that you know April thirtieth, everything's good. The, the sun shines again. We're all back to going to normal or whatever. I don't like the revival of New Japan. Even in that case, I, I I don't know. Like to me, that does nothing for me.
0: Do you? Okay. If if the, if the revival showed up and. Challenge Roppongi 3K for the titles. They are the champs, right? I forget. It's been so long. They are. They won them at Wrestle Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would I be annoyed at a little three match series between those two teams trading the titles? No, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to see that. But do they feel like a fit to me? They don't. So, I agree with you. Like it, it's kind of everyone's first instinct whenever there's a wrestler available. Oh, they should go to New Japan. Remember, people said Dolph Ziggler yeah. <laughs> should go to New Japan. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I might work, but it doesn't feel like a fit. Like Dolph Ziggler is going to get in there with Hiroki Goto. I don't know. I just don't feel like that's – but um, I think before they you know, sign something and lock themselves into AEW, have a little fun. Do an NWA taping where they would fit in like a fucking glove and get themselves over further. Before they go to AEW,
1: right, and that, and that that actually plays up a little bit of my scenario too, where like if if they just don't do anything and everybody knows they're going to AEW and then they come out through the crowd and they beat up the box, it's like all right, whatever. But if they start showing up in a few different random places, they do. Your, your one random ROH taping, your uh, your NWA tapings, little stuff like that. And you start to think, oh, maybe they aren't going to AEW. I kept thinking they were going to AEW, but they're not. And maybe there's little hints in the Being the Elite where they talk about it. And then, all out of nowhere, boom, they just come out of are they're, they're from the crowd. or They come out and, and do that sort of stuff. I think that would be a really cool way to play it. And it, it, it'd be, like you said, a way for them to have a little fun, feel like they can spread their wings a little bit for a month. But we all know deep down that they're going to go into AEW eventually. It just, yeah, maybe go along the way, maybe do some other stops or, or, or do a few other things to, to have a little bit of fun before it happens.
0: Don't you think, though? Those two dudes would love to go down to the NWA, work a two day taping, do three matches, win the titles, defend the titles, lose the titles. They hold them for like nine weeks because it takes like nine weeks to air all the
1: <laughs> right, right, shit. Right.
0: right. So it's like a, it's a two day, it's two days of work for a nine week run in the company. And would, don't you think they would love to say that they're former NWA world heavyweight tag team champions, those two guys. And wouldn't it just add to their aura coming into AEW? If I'm Tony Khan, I'm not so sure. I don't call Dave Lagana,
1: yeah, and right.
0: say, "What's I mean?" Listen, I think that,
1: I think the story works better if they pop up somewhere else to kind of take you off the scent a little bit of like, "Oh, yes,
0: cool. that too, absolutely." You know, it, it it like it knocks you off the scent, and it just adds to their aura. And you could even have them cut promos on the Bucks in the NWA. We're the best tag team in the world, you know, and then start. You don't and name and when you're running off the NWA teams, throw the Bucks in there. We're here to prove we're the best tag team in the world, and we don't care if it's the Rock and Roll Express. We don't care if it's the Young Bucks. We don't care if it. You just throw it in there. Right. We're doing a lot of booking here. We today, are. This is
1: this is the, <laughs> the booking. You know, but hey, if all these assholes aren't going to do it, then we're going to have to. So.
0: Okay. So I I mean that sounds like a great and and that just works to AEW's advantage anyway. It kind of builds them up to the right kind of fans. It gets them going. They could say they're former tag team, NWA World Tag Team Champions. You know, those guys probably would pop for that. It works for the NWA because, you know, they were losing some momentum before all this happened. Forget it now. They have an air TV in four weeks, so it's like that'd be a great, you know, uh, lightning bolt for them. And by the way, I, we
1: read on the money they started just airing old Houston stuff, which we said was going to happen. So, you know, got to start listening yeah. to us a little bit. We're, we you know what we're talking about here.
0: If you're enjoying the old Houston stuff, I would say you're welcome is all I would have to say to that. Uh, you know, so uh, we got it done, Rich. We mentioned it and we talked it into existence. How about that? But uh, but yeah, I would like to see them do you know, a little run here. That'd be the perfect spot, though, mm-hmm. honestly. It'd be a better spot for them than, than, uh, than Ring of Honor, I think. Um, although they, there's people, they could, I mean, they could have a match with the Briscoes and ring of honor. Yeah.
1: There's some cool stuff uh, in that, in, in our as well,
0: but you know, ultimately, I mean, they've been shooting this angle with the bucks for 15 months now. So, but, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens with those guys. And, um, well, I guess eventually we'll see what happens with those guys. Once we're allowed to have some matches somewhere again, um, what else? We got anything else? WWE? Did we cover it all?
1: I think we got it all. I think uh, we do need to talk a little bit about the XFL before we move fully into uh, the XFL. Japan that was about it. so. So the announcement came a little bit before we started recording. So actually, uh, pretty good stuff. Pretty good timing for us. Uh, ESPN reporter Field Yates uh, said the XFL has laid off all of its employees and all operations have been suspended. Us uh, from uh, F4, uh, 401mania.com, by the way. I'm, I'm reading their, uh, their report here. Uh, this comes after the XFL prematurely ended its inaugural season last month due to the COVID pandemic. Uh, and some of its players signed with the NFL. Another report from the call suggests that the words thrown around were, quote, shut down. The XFL will pay all their employees through Sunday. There's no word on when or if it will resume operations. Okay,
0: but they're keeping a skeleton crew of the top-level executives. Yeah. And Vince McMahon has already earmarked enough money to last multiple years until it's time for a new television contract to be negotiated. So a lot of people are taking this as the XFL is folding today, but there's no reason for them to fold. They can bring these people back, when the world gets back to normal, this doesn't strike me as anything other than what a lot of companies are doing right now. If they were folding up shop, they'd announce it as such and they would have cut the top executives as well and sent them along their way. They haven't done that. And the money's already essentially spent. He already invested when I say he, Vince, already earmarked the money and have and has invested it and is already conceding that he's uh going to lose this money for x amount of years and I think it's 3 total years. Right, right. Or was it two, was it was either 2 years or 3 years. I thought so it was
1: 3. I thought 3 was the was, was the time, but yeah, we can
0: Yeah. So it, it's like what would be the point? You know, you wait it out. And if they're able to get going again next, you know, after next year's Super Bowl, you bring everybody back in out season 2. They let the players go weeks ago. They told the players you're free to sign with NFL teams. You know, so they're not you know, that that was already done. So I think people are kind of reading into this more than they should be.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing as far as what the read that I have and, 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 you know, SportsCenter had a tweet out here that I think maybe made people kind of go in the direction that they're going. Is it says, you know, breaking the XFL suspended operations Friday morning and laid off nearly all of its staff. Uh, The league currently has no plans to return in twenty twenty one. The way I read that, and, and maybe you read it differently, maybe other people read it, the, the, the league having no plans to return in 2021 doesn't mean the league doesn't want to return in 2021, but they literally have no plan to do so, which is different than we're closing up shop and it's all over.
0: Well, if I'm Vince, I do close up shop. Because to me, this is his way out.
1: Yeah, oh no, he should. He needs to be out of this. This thing is done. Go away. It's over. There's no point in running this thing again.
0: And, and with the damage that all of this is doing to his primary business when I say all of this, I'm talking about the thing, you know, you can, you don't, that money that you've earmarked to lose for the XFL, you can, you know, reinvest that into WWE and close up alpha entertainment and all that. This is his out. This is a great opportunity for him to escape out the back door.
1: Right. To not lose so, money for three years. like cause he and, and like we said, the, the idea was, hey, we're going to eat shit for three years. And then hopefully someone's going to say, you know what? Fuck it. Here's a uh, $500 million. Give us games for ESPN or whatever. That's that was right. the goal. The goal was each shift for three years. And then hopefully someone has a big old sack of money to give you for live sports. I, you know, who knows what's going to happen now? There's a great opportunity for Vince to just say, you know what? Fuck it. We're done. Good. Right. Great. Or someone to say, hey, uh, his accountant to say, Vince, now's a great time to just cut bait and, and and take those two years of losses and put them back in your pocket and invest them in, 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 in something else. So if he's smart, he'll just cut bait altogether.
0: But it, so who's who who'd you say saying that they're not running a uh, sports center
1: said the sports center tweet says there's no current plans to run in 2021
0: so ESPN is basically saying that they're shutting down
1: yes the, and, and well, they're, they're not, saying that the word the was wording. the word was shut down was used but nobody there's a difference between suspending operations and folding when they say the xFL is folded that's done all the executives are gone all the money's done right the end that's the end of the xFL we haven't that's not what they're saying yet but maybe it's let's let's all sit down, let's think about it, let's see if it's even worth it and then in a week they're going to fold.
0: I think this is a perfect escape hatch for for Vince. I mean, this is just handed to him on a silver platter to get out of to wiggle out of this thing. Um but yeah, this verbiage I'm not real comfortable with right now because if they were just shutting it down point blank, that would be the story. That's not what we're that there's what they're saying. Yeah. No. Um, and it sounds to me, and you're reading it and I'm not, but it sounds to me like ESPN is saying that they are hearing from the inside that people are saying it's shutting down, but that's not what they've announced. Right.
1: The XFL maybe officially didn't announce that, but like yeah, the one said the person said that the word in the meeting was shut down, but that's not like the press release isn't saying shut down.
0: Right. So the they're press
1: is suspending operations or whatever.
0: They're finished then. Yeah,
1: they're not coming back from this. There's no way.
0: Nor should they. No. Nor should it have ever started to begin with. I mean, let's be honest. This wasn't going to work. They were gonna the, the rating. Look, this was going to do this the shit ratings it was doing by week. F- what they get to week five this year, and it didn't completely fall off the table, but it wasn't doing great numbers. You know, two years on, you know, this wasn't going to be. They weren't going to get a big time TV contract for this. So, this is a good. This worked out for Vince. I'm sure that's the way he sees it. So, um, sure sounds like, uh, why, but why would you even fuck around and delay? Why not?
1: I yeah, I don't
0: know. Kill it dead right now. Is he just that stubborn?
1: I don't know if it, he, yeah, maybe he's stubborn or maybe there's some weird contract thing. Like God only knows what, I mean, this guy, he's such a weirdo that who the fuck knows, man. You know what I mean? Like who fucking knows what, what, what his plan is or what his idea is here, but, I mean, there's enough smart-ish people in that room to leave me believe that, like, this can't just be a Vincent man crazy idea, but he's the money man, so it's like, all right, if he wants to, you know, suspend operations but not fold, then okay, we'll do it, but, you know, we can't afford any of these employees, or we can't afford anybody anymore, so I I don't know, yeah, it. it there's no coming back from this. I mean, it took so long to build the infrastructure of this, and they just basically destroy that infrastructure in, in a day, so it's like, there's no way. You're not coming back. You're not rehiring all these people. You're not getting everybody, you know, salaried up again. It's just – it's going to be impossible to try to get this well, back. Well,
0: if, if you're shutting down for 2021, then you're done because you're not going to shut down – you're not going to run half a season and then cancel a season and a half and then come back in 2022 because any kind of momentum you had or anything else is – and who knows what – and this has nothing to do with the virus, but who knows what the the TV landscape of the world or the sporting world is even going to look like in 2022 at this point. Then you factor in everything going on with the thing. So if they're going to shut down 2021, there it must just be some kind of Legal reason why they're not saying they're shutting That's down. All, there's got to be
1: some weird contract or some weird agreement that they made with somebody. It, it's probably the same thing with the WrestleMania thing where Vince doesn't want he want Vince wants somebody else to fucking probably lay down because he's not going to lay down. Who knows what it is? He, his piano or something has some contract in there where they're still paying him for. Who the hell knows? Who the fuck knows with Vince McMahon? But yeah,
0: this works for him from two perspectives. Number one. He can get out of this and save two more years' worth of losses and reallocate that money, close down Alpha Entertainment, all of that shit. Number two, he can blame the thing for why it failed. Right. And he doesn't have to – yeah, I mean because it was clear it wasn't going to work but or becoming clear that it wasn't going to work beyond the three years. But now he gives us – he has a scapegoat.
1: Yeah, well, we did everything we wanted to do and we had some momentum, but god damn it, the coronavirus. And, so.
0: And maybe that makes him feel good. Maybe he can now go to his grave with that itch now scratched, if he can convince himself that this is why it didn't work out. Right. So, cause this was all just him trying to scratch an itch from the failure the first time. So maybe he's satisfied with blaming the thing and we never have to uh, deal with the XFL again. I didn't listen. I didn't hate the XFL. No, it's fine. I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I can't sit here and tell you it was appointment viewing. I didn't like make sure I was home on Saturdays and Sundays to watch the XFL. I'm flipping channels on a Saturday and I got nothing going on. Maybe I'd leave it on for a quarter. But um, look, it's like we said from the beginning, the most impact it was going to have is whatever ideas the NFL stole from it. So we'll see what the NFL does moving forward. They actually incorporated a few of the XFL ideas into the Pro Bowl and dipped their toes in there. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people remember because that's the day Kobe died. And nobody bothered watching the Pro Bowl or paying attention to it. But they did a couple of the XFL ideas in the Pro Bowl or dabbled with them. Um, And we'll see, you know, because they stole ideas from the XFL the first time. And everyone's pointing to the kickoff. You know, the kickoff idea that XFL came up with, which limits the the concussions and whatnot, but keeps the kickoff as part of the game. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't know how I feel about that one. You know, I, I could go either way on it it seems a little too unconventional for me, but I prefer it to eliminating the kickoff. I don't like the idea of eliminating the kickoff from the game because I think special teams are a part of the game and, 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 you know, I, I I don't like the idea of trying of increasingly eliminating them. So if that's the last ditch effort to keep kickoffs around, I would prefer that they use the XFL's idea just to, just to say you still have the kickoffs, but um. You know, some of the other ideas we'll see. I don't think the NFL is ever going to go to three and, uh, you know, three point conversions. No, or no,
1: like no. That. Nor it's... do I think they're going to have you listen into the uh, the rules coordinator talking about the rules as it's going on. Like no, I think that that
0: one, I like that one.
1: I like it too, I... but I don't think the NFL is ever going to be. You down don't think with they're
0: going to pull back their window?
1: Nah, not that much. They yeah. might mic up the players a little bit to give you generic sound bites. They might mic up the coaches and give you generic sound bites. They kind of do that now already. Maybe they would open that up a little bit more, but they're the way they're going to have the main guy that's calling the rules thing with so much money on the line and so much they're I don't think they're going to pull the curtain back that much.
0: Well, did you see what the one rules guy blew it bad? Did you see that? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. They took a knee on fourth down. The the team leading took a knee on fourth down in a one-score game. Since it was a change of possession, the clock should have stopped. And the other team should have got the ball back with whatever it was. I think it was two or three seconds left when the guy took a knee. But the referees kept the the clock moving. That should have been changed by the review guy. And he didn't change it. And he said, well, since the game ended, technically I can't change it now. And the XFL fired that guy. They they didn't fire him. They quote-unquote reassigned him to another position, which basically means they fired him. And and so that is a perfect scenario of what you're talking about. The ex, the, the NFL, I don't think they want to open that curtain for no, everybody, especially
1: with uh, <clears throat> millions of dollars on the line on any given day. Uh, yeah, right. I don't I don't think that they're going to do that. The, the NFL a physical, always tiptoes I mean. around the uh, you know they they you know they, oh we're you know they, they don't want to say out and out that we don't do this because of gambling or we do do this because of gambling. But a lot of the decisions that are made in, in the NFL are because of gambling.
0: Oh my God, Rich! The NCAA for basketball—I don't know if you saw this—they changed the rule last year where any buzzer beater at the end of a of a the end of a game, even if it's inconsequential, even if it's a twenty-point game, all buzzer beaters are subject to official review. <laughs> right? Which is why so ridiculous. else would you do that?
1: Yeah, if Iona hits a game, uh, you know, throws a a, a a prayer in and they make it and they're losing by twenty-five to fucking whoever. It's, it, you know, the referees sometimes go, yeah, I have three points, who cares? But no, 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 let's make sure that those three points actually matter. Yeah, there's uh, a clear reason for that. so
0: And on the press release it said, In the interest of accurate statistics. Of
1: course, yes, yes,
0: yes. From now on, we'll be reviewing all end-of-game heaves when you know damn well it's the fucking totals and it's the point spreads. The NFL having
1: their their, uh, injury report thing that they had a few years ago where teams were getting fined if you didn't give an accurate injury report with X amount of time before the game. You know, just for the people at home. Right.
0: Yes, just in the interest of the viewer. Right. We need to know.
1: Ah, the is the part... Patriots running back going to play in this game? No, he's not. Okay, good.
0: Questionable. <laughs> right. I think they got no. They got rid of probable. Right? Which which is the one? They yeah, got Yeah. Well,
1: because rid- because whoever it was, because yeah, whatever one was still there, the Patriots just put every one of their players on the probable list. Yeah, Bella- <laughs> which I appreciate it. Check- I appreciate yeah. that fifty three dudes were probable every game. That's that's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, because it used to be probable, questionable, doubtful, and out. And then they changed it. They got rid of one of them because, yeah, Belichick primarily, but other coaches were just bullshitting on that thing. No, what Belichick was doing, he got mad because the league kept staying on his ass about it. So then he put, like, his whole roster on it every week.
1: Right, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, every week everybody was on the probable list.
0: Right. So, y- y- so you, couldn't,
1: his, you couldn't actually know who was probable because he put everything and they had to tell he him, put the whole team. Bill, we're not doing this because we give a shit. We're doing it because you're know, the gamblers. <laughs> so, like, you know. Right. So,
0: from his perspective, it was like, hey, look, no one's 100% healthy, so everybody's problem. Right. Yeah. Because he got annoyed because they felt he was, because other coaches thought he was fucking with. Yeah. So, it always comes down to gambling. But, uh, ah, fuck the XFL. Who cares?
1: Yeah. That's all right. I won't, I won't miss flames. it too much. Yeah. Goes in the, in the pit with every other fucking failed <laughs> secondary football league, so... There'll be a Um, book on it in a few years. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it actually, somehow, (laughs) in a weird way, I think it had less games than the AAF. Remember, like, AAF, I think, ended up getting 30 games or so in. And I think the XFL is only like 20 games or whatever, which is just awesome. Because it felt like. Got to week
0: five.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly. I think it was like twenty two, and I think AAF got to thirty three or thirty five games overall, which In is, total games. Which is yeah. just hilarious because like, you know, the AF to like, oh well, whoa, well, well, the AAF, I mean the the is is way more set up to, to not do this and, and we even said it too, that like, no, they're gonna eat shit for three years or whatever, and it ends up that they actually played less than the, the AAF. So uh we told you this was gonna be a miserable failure, coronavirus or not, but hey, it is so.
0: Uh, listen, a victory lap's a victory lap. I don't care if it was caused by the thing. We win,
1: man. Well, I don't know why people didn't like People don't. We know our sports, man. Secondary sports leagues don't work. They never have and they never will. Like, we never have worked. established these leagues and these leagues will be it forever. Another league will never pop up and ever challenge these other leagues.
0: Not in our lifetimes. Not in our life. Listen, we saw UFC. That's a new league, right? True. So it, 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 what you're saying is it's going to take a new sport,
1: right? There's not there's some some bozo is not going to decide. Hey, you know what? I'm going to get a baseball league, and we're going to we're going to right. be, we're going to revive the Federal League, and we're going to beat MLB. Like, no, it's not going to happen. I
0: would, I would like to see that with the Federal League rules. <laughs> right. That's what I'd like to see. Right. The the pitching mound is 55 feet from the batter, and the pitcher must throw underhand, right. and the batter can request a high ball or a low ball. That's what I would like to see. And a walk is eight balls, and uh, all batted balls are in fair territory. Like I want to see old school baseball. Catch rules it on the bounce. Divide. We'll
1: catch it on the bounce too. Catch That's... it on the
0: bounce, and you're out. Yeah, you know. Well, you got to balance things. If all batted balls are legal, you got to be able to catch it on one bounce, right? You got to balance it somehow. No gloves. You gotta. You gotta work barehanded. You, there's no night games, and. Uh, <laughs> One ball for the entire game. So it doesn't matter if the fucking thing – it's like when you played wiffle ball when you were a kid and it got all cracked.
1: Yeah, just fucking shit. over. Yeah, you're just done. Everybody it's, goes home. It's the
0: only ball you had though, so you had to keep playing until the thing got split completely in half. One ball for the whole game because you, you read those old game stories and sometimes it would be uh the Plymouth Steamrollers defeated the Boston Bean Eaters 4-3 when the ball went into the stands and could not be retrieved. You know, And it would end like after seven innings because they couldn't get the ball back. From some kid who caught it in the stands and then ran home with it. That's the kind of shit I want to see. If yeah, we're gonna have
1: that's one. the that's the best. Yeah, that like the the other famous thing too, the uh, the Merkel's boner or whatever, where uh, you know he he threw the ball into the crowd and then they had to kind of try to retrieve the ball or whatever, and yeah, like Merkel somebody found it and like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. I love old baseball so much. Yeah, I love you see the old image too, where like you know a home run was just it hit into the mass of the crowd and the mass of the crowd could either like go forward to try to have the ball fall into their mass and so they'd kind of because there'd be like a rope kind of like a little bit of a rope there but the yeah. fans could all like decide hey if my guy's hitting it towards the outfield let's all kind of move up a little bit see if we can get this thing to be a home run like i like that idea i like the idea of like ah, the rope's actually out here right oh, the rope's back here <laughs>
0: like it's- there were many fields where the fans were in play right in right outfield. because first of all the ball hardly ever got hit that far But then on a rare occasion you'd hit a gapper. Oh, when home run Baker
1: was hitting his twelve dingers in a year, then yeah, those things started flying out there. So
0: Yeah, you really get into one and you know, that's what would happen. So yeah, Merkel's boner. I could talk about Merkel's boner all night long. It's a very famous boner. Yeah, it's a very famous boner.
1: Arguably the most famous boner, would you say?
0: Probably the most famous boner. I mean, who would his competition be? Merkel. I mean, you got John Holmes boner, maybe uh uh who else has any famous boners? Different kind of boner, of course, but um, you know, wasn't that the deal? He was he he was I don't the know who batter. This is. Who is this? Oh, John Holmes, famous porn star.
1: I don't know anything about John Six. Holmes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, maybe I'll use a more contemporary one. Maybe you're more familiar with a uh, TT boy or a maybe not not familiar with TT boy.
1: How about you uh, used Peter somebody George? the other day? You used somebody the other day for the uh, the Champa thing. Who was who that guy that you were you were referencing? Because I I oh. looked him up on like. <laughs> I'm lying, and I was like, "Oh, all right." Like,
0: oh, Lance Hart?
1: Yes, yeah, Lance Hart. I thought it was like okay. some long lost Hart brother, and then I found out it is not indeed a long lost Hart brother. It is
0: no Lance Lance Hart does fetish porn, but the but the the most famous fetish porn he does is women kick him in the balls. Mm, okay, so this is like that 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 NXT match had a Lance Hart finish because Candice kicked both of them in the balls. See,
1: I got it. Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: So now you get the reference. Because
1: I, I tried to like search through his Instagram to see what the hell you were talking about, and then I decided, uh, you know what, <laughs> I think I'm good. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Lance Hart. Yeah, he does ball-kicking fetish porn, among other fetish porn. But, you know, he does the ball – like, whenever you see – if you're perusing the porn and you click on a ball-kicking video, it's most likely going to be Lance Hart.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, I have not. So that's uh... – Yeah.
0: I'm just letting you know. You know yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. My- or fetish either, but you know you're perusing, you see these things.
1: Now, was this John you Holmes know? guy like a? Uh, he was a big deal because he's like kind of weird looking. I don't know.
0: John Holmes. Yeah, yeah I don't want
1: was... to watch this guy fuck anybody.
0: <laughs> no, no, he was like a seventy, the most famous seventies porn star along got with it. Lynn okay. Lovelace. Okay, because he had the giant fucking schlong. The movie Boogie Nights is loosely based.
1: Got it. Okay, okay, that home. makes
0: sense. Yeah, loosely based. Okay, then you got uh, you know okay Peter North. Does that one work I've for you? I've heard Peter North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard He's got the uh his special skill, his superpower is he allegedly supposedly has uh the monster loads rich. That's Peter North's Interesting. Okay. Big uh then you got but Oh anybody, okay. I mean
1: could, well how how big like, it's just like I don't whatever it's fine.
0: You really want to get into this? No, I'm just saying,
1: like, anybody can have a big load, but is his, like, that big? Like, it's not even, no, he, like... I'm
0: just saying what he's famous for. Okay, got if, it, got it, got yeah. it. You can pull up his footage, and you can be the judge.
1: You <laughs> can be the judge of the big load or not. Yes, I will. Of
0: the big load. Then there's uh, there's Ron Jeremy. Of course. Got yeah, it, yeah, 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 Okay, so there's one you know. He's probably okay. the
1: most famous. He might be the most famous boner, actually.
0: Ron Jeremy might be the most famous boner. Even more famous than... Because he Mar- passes, or...
1: like, the... Mom, everybody knows Ron Jeremy.
0: I think everyone. I think he passes the mom test, Ron. For Jeremy. sure. Yeah, I don't know if Peter North. I'm going to my does. mom right now, <laughs> yeah. Ron Jeremy. Hold on. We did this last week for uh, for Gronk.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay, let me text my mom. Let's
1: see if she okay. knows. Yeah, she knows Ron Jeremy for sure.
0: Oh, she's gonna. I a hundred percent.
1: Like Ron Jeremy and then like Jenna Jameson are probably your more famous like porn stars ever, right?
0: I would say Ron Jeremy, Jenna Jameson, um, John Holmes. I'm telling you, you're underselling. Them,
1: okay, yeah. maybe I am. Yeah.
0: I think you got to be of a certain age, though, because he kind of he died of AIDS, I think, in like the early 80s. Okay. so unless you're like either a porn aficionado or like over or under 40, you might not know who John Holmes is. But yeah, I would leave him out. So it'd be Ron Jeremy, Jenna Jameson. Who else has crossed over into mainstream? You got uh, to think who else? Those would be the two. Linda Lovelace only because the.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm thinking of Linda Lovelace. You
0: know, Ron Jeremy. Do you know Ron Jeremy? She's definitely gonna know Ron Jeremy. Yeah. For I'm gonna sure. ask John Holmes too. <laughs> How about John Holmes?
1: I would say the, the days of like a famous porn star might be kind of because now it's like, you know, you, you got everybody. You, you don't have to get a tape from one person. There's no big draws. There's no huge draws, I think, anymore. So Um You know what I mean? Like I, I there no, might be well, some. About, there's about, like, your, your Mia Khalifas and those, you, you know. know they?
0: I was just gonna say, and what like uh, uh James Dean. Uh, you know, is, yeah. yeah, the girls enjoy him. He does the uh, I don't know anything
1: about the dudes. Clearly, I'm just too listen,
0: like, <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying, I'm just
1: saying, my, me personally, I don't, uh, I don't know if I know the dudes. Uh,
0: James Dean, is, I, I can, let me tell you this, right? I assure you, you've watched him fuck. Okay. That's just because he's all I'm telling you, you've watched this man fuck. And if, if you saw a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, I know him, I know that guy. I'm telling you. All right. So I sent this off to my mother. So we'll see what she has to say about Ron, Jeremy, and John Holmes. I mean, she's definitely going to know them. Um, but yeah, there's still—I would, yeah, there's still famous porn stars like.
1: But on like this level, I don't think anyone's going to cross over too much. Well, maybe I don't know. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, just had the
1: proliferation. I mean, there's so it's all available. It's all for you there. So now it's like you know, might be tougher to be you know, really emerge as a star in the industry. But you know, we'll see.
0: Bailey J. I I mean, there's famous ones, you know. I'm just saying, Rich. I, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, all right.
0: Their names are popping into my head, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I could name some more, but so, I think you're
1: Something the chat room is absolutely correct that we, we we have said for years that we were not a horny show, but God we've been horny the last few weeks, man. Like although I don't think this is horny. We're just we're having a very intellectual discussion here.
0: This is not a horny conversation. We're at not all. saying like, oh yeah, she's hot as hell, or oh yeah, yeah I do. We're I just
1: know. like you know, I'd the other week we were talking about believer, the stepdaughter you know? stuff. Like we weren't saying, "Oh, I get real off on the stepdaughter stuff." We were just like, "Oh, this is what happens in those." So I I would I would I would argue that maybe we aren't horny. I'm not horny. I'm not I'm not, you know. I'm not having a famous like, boner right now either, so like.
0: I don't feel like this is a horny conversation at all. Like I'm not I don't feel like uh, I'm just naming porn stars. This is more like, th- to me, this is no different than when the end of the third hour we start naming like white NBA centers. Like, <laughs> right, it's, right, yeah. it's the same thing to me. Yeah, like, not the Tom
1: Borwinkle portion of our, our, our podcast. No, this is just, yeah, this is just let's remember some porn stars instead of let's remember some guys.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm naming no, we're like. we dropping were...
1: Zonta Bach here. We're just, you know, we're, we're naming Jenna Jameson yeah. instead.
0: I don't think it's any different to say like Jenna Jameson was a huge proponent of getting saliva involved in your, in your routine. That's no different than saying Rick Smith's was a great shot blocker. Like I'm just naming the porn stars and what they're, what they were known for. John Holmes had a giant dick. Um, You know, uh, Peter North, we explained what he was good at. It's just the same thing. It's no different. Uh, You know, so I don't feel like there's a horny segment. So I still contend that this is not a horny show.
1: Good. All right. There we are. Um, I think we're done with whatever we were talking about. You want to want to get into Japan? Let's do it.
0: Yeah, we got some Japan topics here. We got to start. This is a big Japan podcast. No,
1: I think this is too big to bounce. We can't bounce for an entire hour.
0: We're not bouncing.
1: Yeah, bounce is a half hour, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. We have That's an entire hour. of bouncing. I vote no we'll bounce. Like, okay, I vote because this is beyond a bounce. This is a this is a, a not a bounce, a, 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 a jog. A, a, I don't know what it is, but it's a it's a marathon through Japan. We can't we can't be bouncing for this.
0: No, no, I I completely agree. Okay, it's right, got a bounce situation. Um, I'm just looking up some of these porn stars now. <laughs>
1: Has the mom gotten back to you yet?
0: No, no, I'm waiting. That's fine. She's going to. She will for sure. Um, what about Alexis Texas? You got to know her. Right?
1: I don't know anything about Alexis Texas, but I might. Oh. I know. Well, let, me, let me see. Let me see if I know. She's
0: a I'm blonde saying. with an enormous thumper.
1: Um. Oh no. Yeah, maybe then. Yeah.
0: Let's yeah. See. Texas. Let's see. She's known for the dumper.
1: The um, dumper. Um, she doesn't ring a bell, but yeah, I probably. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: I again, I guarantee you've watched her have sex.
1: Probably, yeah. That's a, that's a can't nice, avoid her. That's a nice, that's a nice thumper there. So that's good. All for over her.
0: the tube sites, Rich, and I know you're not paying for your.
1: porn. <laughs> God no! Are you kidding? Who would pay for porn?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know. You're problematic if you don't. You know that. You've been, like, well, whatever. It's fine. the second time you've been canceled.
1: The ad revenue. They make money off the ad revenue. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen. I'm not my dad, I don't have to pay for porn. Come on. Your dad pays for porn? Uh, no, not. no, no. He did, I think. You know, he had. I remember, oh, like, I remember opening the sock drawer and being like, "Well, hold on a minute. <laughs> like, what are these? You know?
0: What is this video cassette? <laughs>
1: right? I forget what it was. It was yeah. It was pretty crude because I, I discovered it pretty late. Like, I had already well aware of like internet porn at that time, and I think he just had it in there still and forgot that he had it. Right. And I remember looking at it. and I'm like, "This is bad. Like, man, this. Would... I'm glad we didn't have to live through this. Like, this is just not good, man. It's grainy. It's weird. The tracking's off. I'm like, this is bad, man.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Some of those." Uh... Yeah, but did he throw out the cases to try to throw you off the scent? No, so no, it
1: was, like, in the case. It was all there. Oh, right. it's
0: in the case. You get the awful photography on the <laughs> Yeah,
1: it was back. really bad. It was, like, a mustachioed man with, a, you know, curly <laughs> hair and chest hair everywhere yeah. and stuff. I'm like, oh, all right. Like,
0: yeah, it was probably real vanilla stuff, too.
1: Oh, right? yeah, it was just generic yeah. as fuck, yeah. It's like, ah, you know what? It's just, like, literally people having sex. And I'm like, did you really need this? Like, was this really, like... Helping right. in any way, like uh, you know,
0: people who weren't even very attractive, <laughs> right,
1: right. And they're just having you like watch. very, they're like kissing and then they're just having sex. Like, yeah, I'm like, get out of here. Where's the story? Where's the, where's the you know?
0: You're watching average-looking people have coitus. you <laughs> right, know? right, right. And the, the guys like wearing tube socks. You're like, how do you watch this? <laughs> right. I can't fap to this. Who can fap to that? You know, you gotta you gotta spice it up a little. I'm not saying you have to go deep fetish, okay, but you, know, you don't have to go listen, you don't have to do Lance Hart ball kicking, but you gotta spice it up a little, you know? But uh this is a Big Japan podcast yes, now. Yes, we
1: are. We are officially a Big Japan podcast.
0: So we have to talk about because we've been talking about and following along with the strong climb. Rich, Big Japan has finally mercifully <laughs> thrown in the towel on their tour which they had not given up on. They were still doing regular shows with paying fans, (laughs) probably longer than anyone at this point, touring Japan.
1: They were up in yeah. Hokkaido. It's not like they were in one. They're not in Sambo Hall, like Dragon Gate or whatever. They were running their same building. They were all in Osaka. They're in, uh, you know, they're all over the place. Akita Hake- they're, they're everywhere, man. It was it was unbelievable. It's just that's why I said it was so weird that you could go and like turn on. They're in fucking Cork and Hall. They're bouncing all over the place. I love it that they were like old reliable. Like everything else going on in the world, you could still just stumble upon Big Japan having a Cork Hall show in front of fans, like.
0: They were doing the full tour. They were up in Sapporo. They were, right. you know... Uh, so, the strong climb Hokkaido, was... Hokkaido.
1: I think they were in Hokkaido a few days ago. Like, yeah, I that's a bus
0: right? Just,
1: yeah, yeah. I just love them getting in the bus and just going off. Like, all right, let's do this.
0: Like... So, finally, after the second outbreak in Tokyo and then, um, you know, the country uh, got a little stricter and now what's happening in Japan is the venues are shutting down. So, now... It's now impossible for these companies to run, even if they want to snub their nose at the thing, because now you don't even have venues to run. So Big Japan and a couple of their shows towards the end of the tour, they weren't even announcing attendance and they were taking all very close, like tightly uh, tight crowd, uh, tight, tight shots of the ring and whatnot to hide it. But uh, reports were that there were like, you know, in some cases, less than 20 fans at some of these shows. So it was getting ugly. They finally thrown in the towel, but our strong climb semifinals are set uh, for all of the remaining matches that had not taken place. They were all declared draws with the participants getting one point each for the matches that never happened in the a block. There was only one match that uh, had not taken place. And that was uh, the youngster Hayodo versus uh daishi Hashimoto. So that was declared a draw. But the thing about that, Rich, is that with Daishi Hashimoto being credit for that one point, he ends up winning the block because three other men in the block had four points, and he finishes with five. So uh, Daishi Hashimoto advances out of the A block, which was probably the intended result. He was probably going to win that match. Right,
1: a little clunky to get there, but he was probably going to win that anyway, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, he was going to win that match against a young wrestler, and he was probably going to finish with six points and finish ahead of, uh, I think it was, uh, Inaba. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Inamura, uh, from Noah, uh, Kawakami and T-Hawk. Those are the three guys that finished with four. So Daishi Hashimoto comes out of the A block in the B block. There were a couple of matches that didn't take place, uh, but they ended up, uh, you know, once again, let me see. I don't know if they influenced things because Daisuke Sakamoto won the block with six points. No, he would have won the block anyway So the draws were completely inconsequential In that block So Daisuke Sakamoto advances with 6 And he edges out uh, Kohei Sato, who came in 2nd place In the block with 5 So uh, Sakamoto wins the B block The C block was an absolute mess There were 3 matches that hadn't taken place There was a 2-way tie at the top With Yuji Hino and Quiet Storm oh <laughs> But Quiet Storm beat Yuji Hino head to head. Uh oh. <laughs> Quiet Storm advances Uh-oh. out of the C block. No shit, really? Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. There we go. Nice. Good so Quiet
0: him. Storm wins the block because he he won the tiebreaker <laughs> with Yuji Hino and Okabayashi, who probably would have won the block. Right. But he didn't <laughs> wrestle Hino. Or Kamatani, so those were draws, and he comes yeah, up. Yeah, they
1: really should not him. have had him lose to Hama. Then that <laughs> would have not been that. Maybe they should have adjusted that a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Hama beat kobayashi Right, though.
1: right, right. So, because yeah, would that have helped? helped? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, probably. Hey, with all the block, bit, yeah. you would have
0: finished with six.
1: Jeez, you know, you fuck around, big Japan. <laughs> you know,
0: so quiet storm comes out of the C block. And, they should have uh, just
1: you know, done we had a tour in rio de janeiro <laughs> just, you know actually these matches all occur in rio de janeiro and this is what happened so but that's what i would have done but you know yeah i think so, japan is and, a respectable company they're not gonna <laughs> lie about that
0: yeah my my feeling though is probably that um well let's talk about the d block first so the d block it came down to uh uh the match with uh uh lee uh all japan um uh, the geek, the tall geek. Yeah, Jake Lee, First, Jake Lee, Jake Lee. Jake Lee. Jake Lee and Nakanoe had uh, had a match, which Jake Lee needed to win to advance because with the draws factored in, he was one point behind Kakuta. Mm-hmm. And you know they didn't want to put Kakuta through. Okay? <laughs> so he, Kakuta had five, Jake Lee had four, but Jake Lee still had one match on the table with Nakanoe. He beats him, that gives him six, and Jake Lee wins the block. At that point, they waved off the rest of the shows so I think what happened here, Rich, was they wanted to make sure that they got the two finalists through their blocks. Because it's going to be Jake Lee versus Quiet Storm, and it's going to be Daishi Hashimoto versus Sekimoto. So I don't think they care that Quiet Storm won the block, even if he wasn't supposed to. Right, it's not like
1: he won their biggest title and he's now their champion or whatever. It's it's like, you know, you could, you could adjust. It's not that big of a deal.
0: Well, I think the idea all along was for Jake Lee to go to the final. Right. So... Even though Quiet Storm probably wasn't intended to win the block, it's not that big a deal because he's just going to lose to Jake Lee in the semifinals mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So, And they have pushed the rest of the tournament to June. So um, presumably we'll see a conclusion to this at some point as far as the other semifinal with Daisuke Sakamoto against Daishi Hashimoto. I think Hashimoto is going to go through because what sense does it make? You know, Jake Lee might end up winning the whole thing because then you set up a Jake Lee title challenge of Hashimoto, right? But you also have to remember this is Big Japan and it's the worst book coming. <laughs> yeah,
1: they'll find some way to fuck that up.
0: So, so maybe Sakamoto wins and then he beats Jake Lee in the final and then Sakamoto, after beating Hashimoto and then winning the whole thing, becomes the next gen cha- I don't know.
1: It's hard to predict Big Japan, yeah. They just do stuff sometimes. So,
0: I just feel like Quiet Storm... I feel like they got the three key guys they wanted to get through like to the next round, and they were just, they're just going to live with Quiet Storm because I feel like no matter what, the C-Block winner was probably going to lose to Lee anyway in the semifinal. I mean, again, it's Big Japan, and that's hard to predict, but that's kind of the feeling I get off of that. But at any rate, I have seen every Strong Climb match that has hit tape. I don't know if you have. I know there were a couple. I've that seen you had most. Yeah,
1: I think I've seen most. There may be like one or two that I haven't seen, but yeah, for the most part, I've just been hitting play on the big fan tapes. And if it's a death match, I skip. And if it's not, I'm I'm watching it. So yeah, I've seen most of them. I don't think I've seen a hundred percent all of them yet, though. But 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 most that have made tape, I have seen.
0: Of the stuff that I've seen and remember, not all of the matches even make tape. I think T Hawk has been the most impressive guy. He's been that great. I've
1: seen. Yeah, he's been fantastic.
0: I thought he had a notebook match against Kawakami, on the I think that was the opening night. Uh, and he lost that match, and then I really enjoyed T Hawk's match against Daichi Hashimoto. Yeah, I three three
1: twenty one is that show, and that one's pretty uh, pretty easy to find if you uh, if you want to. So that that one is uh, yeah, that that was fantastic. And, and we're not a pro <laughs> Daichi uh, Hashimoto sh- site or show at all, but yeah, I thought he was I thought he was. He was lessened a little bit. Like There was some bullshit that he – there was still kind of your Daishi Hashimoto stuff that kind of makes your eye roll. Uh, but I thought he was pretty good in the match, and T-Hawk was just fucking fantastic in the match too. So it, it really did help it a lot.
0: T-Hawk has been so good in this tournament, I mean, uh, with, the, with the matches I've seen, that I thought he helped both of the opponents that I saw him wrestle against rise to a different level. So believe it or not, this is the second Daishi Hashimoto notebook match I have this year.
1: Can I still call him bad? Yeah, it's well. That's what's weird about him is sometimes it's good, and then sometimes it's when it's bad, it's really, really, really bad. It's really bad, and that yeah. makes it tough. Yeah, because some, it, sometimes it's like, does this guy know how to wrestle? Has he ever wrestled before? Which is so. Weird. That's what. That's I think what infuriates me more. If he was just like generically whatever, if he was just kind of blah all the time. We wouldn't talk about him. We wouldn't be upset. We wouldn't be frustrated. Just be like, yeah, that's mode. He's blah. The problem is, you see him do stuff that's good, and you're like, oh, this guy's good. And then you see him the next time, and you're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, have you forgot how to wrestle in like a week? How did you forget how to wrestle? And that's what's so frustrating about him. And that's why we, I think, we talk about him and, and, and give him so much shit because it's like, dude, you could be great, and you are sometimes great, but then you're really bad sometimes. Like the the the, 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 the he just he fluctuates so heavily, and it's so weird.
0: The thing is, the two matches that have hit my notebook were against Yuji Okabayashi and T-Hawk. Which, so, that could
1: be another thing, too. We're talking about, you know, two tremendous workers there. So, maybe he rises to the occasion against those guys and, and, and maybe during the other guys. Or yeah.
0: is it really him rising to the occasion? Right, right. That's I, I guess... mean, you're talking about two guys that are among the best wrestlers in the world. I mean, I'm not afraid to put T-Hawk on that level at this point. No, no,
1: he's there, for sure.
0: Just the snap that he works with. And remember that Triple H clip from Tough Enough? Good snap. Good snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. their bumps, I like to work <laughs> in a good snap now and then because of that. That's like a famous clip, you know. But uh, T Hog Here, here's how he does.
1: He slaps the mat on the way down. Boom! This, yeah. see how that sounds? <laughs> I love it.
0: Let me tell you something, though. In that clip, he took much better bumps than those kids. Like it was that was good snap. No, it was
1: pretty funny when he's like, "All right, all right," because he, he's listening to them. You can see, he's like leaning over. This is like he's got the long hair still, and he's got the no beard yeah. or whatever. And he's listening, and he's he's hearing him. He goes, "Okay, hold on, hold on. Here, here's he's how you do a, a bump.
0: He's he's wearing a shirt nine sizes too small." <laughs>
1: right off, you oh, know yeah of course yeah Yeah. that's a boys he's wearing a boys mediums so you know that's a, but, <laughs> right yeah. but yeah yeah i love that clip too because you're always like all right here's this asshole and then he just attacks the mat and you're like oh yeah all right right you just hear it he's like bam 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 and you're like oh that is how you bump okay that is good snap yeah you're yeah. like all right wrestling yeah let's go
0: yeah and then like chris nowitzki takes a bump and you know he's putting him over saying he has good snap was that his season might have been um uh, i think it was season one right the good snap season. yeah 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 season one yeah Chris Nowitzki, Josh Matthews, Nydia. Uh, who else was on that shit? Um, Maven? Maven? Is that Maven?
1: Yeah, Master of the Dropkick. Maven was on that, that first season. Uh, so.
0: Man, I just named half the cast. That's pretty that's good. Yeah, bad. I'm trying to think
1: who else was
0: on that cast. She was like 20 years old, right? Right, that's pretty good. Um, you remember Taz on the back of the pickup truck yeah. barking at them when they were yeah, jogging yeah. up the mountain? Yeah. So who, but, who'd uh, you
1: name here? Who, who'd you name here? You got... Nowitzki. You got Nowitzki, yep. Nidia. Nidia. yep. Josh Matthews. Yep. Maven. Yep.
0: Um, I was that
1: there was, was another that, guy like Taylor, he was like the runner up or something like that, but I don't, like Josh Matthews. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember if there was like any discernible runner-up. difference between Taylor and Josh.
0: Yeah, one was tall, one was short. Was the yeah. difference? Yeah, right, they right. They both looked the same. They both had that year 2000 bowl cut. Yeah, the,
1: <laughs> the bowl cut with yeah. the frosted tips in there. So, yeah,
0: like the Caesar wasn't it called the Caesar?
1: Uh, I think um, the Caesar's a little different. The Caesar was like the, the Clooney, um.
0: Ah uh, yes. Cut. You're right.
1: yeah, I think this one's a little different.
0: Yeah, and they both had like the the, the necklace with the beads. <laughs>
1: the puka shell the puka shell necklace, yeah.
0: With the shells, yeah. Yeah. I like the beads too. You like the Hardy Boy thing, you know. Um who else was on that? Was Marvel I don't remember of that season. Oh, what was that? Was Martin Caucus or whatever his name is on that seat? The guy I from don't Underground.
1: Think so. I don't think was so. Yeah, the rest of the, the rest of these guys. I'm looking at it right now. The rest of these guys have like no Wikipedia pages or anything, so I don't think. Yeah, I don't think any of these guys ever exist.
0: Remember one of the Stone Cold seasons? He nicknamed a guy Shitstain, or was it? <laughs> that was oh oh Skidmark, right? Skidmark, Skidmark yeah. was the guy's name. He looked like Big Cass, I think, and he yeah. nicknamed him Skidmark. I'm like, geez, that's cold.
1: I think his name was yeah Ryan was that guy's name. I forget what happened. Yeah. There,
0: but... Yeah, Ryan Skidmark, yeah. What a horrible nickname to have on TV. <laughs> Imagine being on TV and, and your Skidmark, Cold, Mark,
1: yeah.
0: Is calling you Skidmark. You can never like you cannot get laid now. Like the whole point of being on TV is to get laid. Like now you cannot get laid because your name is Skidmark. Who wants to nobody wants to fuck a guy called Skidmark, you know? Especially when someone like Stone Cold is calling you Skidmark. But uh
1: Yeah, the Marty the Moth, he was in he was in one of the Stone Cold seasons. I think he might have been even in the last uh Oh, the revival season the second the second little off
0: a little off on that <laughs> one. a couple of years only 20 years off on that one um oh was it what's her name on season one um uh the, the the one that married charlie haas
1: oh uh jackie gata yeah uh no i thought she was on the maybe season two i think she was season two yeah i think yeah, let's see here. Yeah, oh. so, yeah, Kenny King, uh, Jackie Gata, Linda Miles, Matt Morgan. That was season two, so.
0: good, Jackie, okay, season two. All right. Wait, the first guy was K-I-N-G-K. <laughs> right. King. How dare you say it any other way?
1: That man has been on our TV screen since 2004. What, a, what an incredible. Yeah. What a run that guy's.
0: So Daishi Hashimoto, who other uh, people refer to as skid mark at times, um, look, he, you get him in there with a great wrestler and he could have a very good match. Um, the problem with him is he's – well, we've talked about the problems with him. Do we really want to do that again? He's just not very good. But it just goes to show that you don't have to be a great wrestler to have a great match all the time. You know, You can be – because uh, I still, you know, he could have these matches with T-Hawk and Okabayashi, but I, you know, fundamentally I watch him and I still don't think he's a good wrestler. Does that make sense?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. He just he just seems like he kind of gets into a good match every so often, but doesn't feel like he's a good wrestler. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's hard to describe, but.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of wrestlers like that. I mean, you know, it's, it's, but I mean, it's like you watch him wrestle and you don't, you know, you're not watching a good wrestler. I mean, he doesn't just, what does he do particularly well? Can you come up with something that Daishi Hashimoto does particularly? It's great
1: at screaming, uh, but that, yeah, it, you're right. It, it's no, I, I don't. yeah, he's not a very good kicker. He's not a very good striker. He's not very athletic. He doesn't fly very well. He doesn't look very good. Uh, yeah, not quite sure, yeah, not sure.
0: He has no presence. He has no charisma. He doesn't have particularly impressive offense. He doesn't sell. You don't look at him and think, ah, he's great at sell. He's not a good bump and sell guy. Uh, He has a terrible looking body. He has a terrible look. Um, I mean, you can't point to anything that he does at a level better than his peers. So, um, you know, he's, he's a guy where if he gets in there with a great wrestler, I always hate using the word carry. But he could be carried to a great match. But at any rate, he's who you have to deal with. You know, The one downside of all this Big Japan stuff hitting tape is that he's the champion right
1: now. Right. So it's a lot. It's of- actually a- <laughs> You're watching a lot of him for a long time.
0: And we're going to be talking Big Japan next week because that, that show from February just emerged where he takes on Nomura. Takuya Nomura. So I'm going to watch that show. It looks like a very interesting show. There's a Lindemann singles match on that show. I don't have the card in front of me. Actually, let me pull it up now because – this is a big Japan podcast now. Yeah, we got to know our shit.
1: We got to start knowing our shit, so.
0: Hold on. I think it's the 224 show, if I'm not mistaken, from Osaka. Let me see if I'm right on that. Um, Yeah, so it's Daishi Hashimoto against Takuya Nomura. Uh, Yuya Aoki defending the junior title against Lindemann. That's good looking shit. Um, there's a six-man tag, but it's a garbage, Uh, you know, I mean, it's Abdullah Kobayashi. I'm not sitting through that. No, no, yeah. Um, barbed wire board death match. No shot. Um, a tag match with Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface? <laughs> they find Corporal Kirshner? What's going on there? Um, There's a UWA World Trios match. Billy Kenkid, Masamune, and, yeah. and Subasa. Let's go. Hey! Billy Kent Kid Ken and Subasa. I should put the old picture up. Yeah,
1: that's us, man. I love. It. I love. Yeah, I. I cool. Man, I'd love to do. And I, I mentioned this if, uh, like a few years ago. I was going to try to do this. And it's it's very hard to like kind of track these down and do it. I still may might do it. But I I'm a sucker for like a weird title in a weird company, yeah. like the UWA <laughs> Trios Championship being defended in Big Japan. But I like I love that shit, man. I love when like a random you know ter- Texas territory title. Is trapped in Japan and will never leave because the Japanese company like uses it and enjoys yeah. it and loves it like that. I love that shit, man. It's so great to kind of research and, and dig into that stuff. So
0: I'll be all over that match. I mean, Billy Kent Kid and Subasa. People remember we used to put that pickup every yeah, time we right. put podcast. Up. That's us, and uh, they're taking on uh, Akiyori Takazawa, Naoki Tanazaki, and Ryota Nakatsu. So. Yeah, a little Naoki sounds like Tana pretty dog.
1: fun. I like that. I yeah. him in
0: a while. you know? Dolphin, the old, little Dolphin uh... man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Naoki Tanazaki Dolphin there. So um I will definitely watch that match. And then there's some undercards. Koji Kanamoto's on this show. What? <laughs> He's in the opening tag.
1: I guess when you're running out of guys, you might as well get the guy that nobody else wants. <laughs> Bring in Kanemoto. So hey, that sounds good.
0: But Kazoo- with, uh, Kazuki Hashimoto on the opposite side. So that's probably decent. I'll check out Kanamoto. Then there's a six-man tag. Then the trios title match. Tag match with Yuji Okabayashi and Yuki Ishikawa versus Leatherface and Rajin Yaguchi. <laughs> I got to see what's up with this Leatherface. That can't be Corporal Kirshner, right?
1: I'm guessing it's not. Yeah, that would be a tough get these days. So. It'd
0: be great if it was, though. <laughs> Imagine Corporal Kirshner getting that phone call in the middle of the thing and agreeing to fly to Japan. Well, actually, this was February. Well, didn't that... They- Japan had the thing in February, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have – So imagine him getting that call. And they're like, listen, Corporal Kirshner, we want you to do the Leatherface thing again, but you got to fly to Japan and sit in quarantine for 14 days. And then we're going to drive you to Osaka, not the big building, Osaka (laughs) number two, okay, to wrestle an eight-minute mid-card tag match in front of 500 people, quote-unquote 500 people. That'd be I I gotta check that out.
1: That sounds so. incredible. Yeah, I. Then uh,
0: there's the deathmatch Garbo.
1: And he, then the he uh, was thing. he the one that like they the WWE announced was dead, and then he had to say, "No, no, I'm not dead. I'm not dead." Yes, yeah, I remember that. Did they do yes. like they did like a dot .com thing or whatever? They're like Corporal Krishner, or like you know whatever his real name was, who uh, appeared in World Wrestling Federation. as <laughs> Corporal Krishner has, has passed out. He had to be like, "Well, no, 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 I'm not dead." Like that's got to be weird to read, you know.
0: Yeah, like imagine yeah.
1: Joe Lanza from the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast has passed on. Like, do you know
0: how many people would be like, "Good,"
1: right? Yeah, ah, serves him right for not liking Hideki Suzuki. Yeah,
0: I, I think about. That I'm sometimes. glad his I'm glad
1: his wife is widowed because he didn't like the wrestling I liked.
0: Right, exactly. That right. would definitely happen. Yeah, like I've thought about that every oh, time. I kids go don't gro- have a
1: father, but I'm glad because he doesn't like the boneyard match as much as I do. So.
0: Yeah, every time I go grocery shop and I think about that. As I walk past someone and hold my breath in the grocery store. You got to get a mask, now, man.
1: You got, you got a mask yet or what? Don't tell no mask. No <sighs> mask. The nurse is pissed at you, man. Get, the, get a fucking mask, dude. So I just hold my breath. Get a bandana. So, they look
0: cool. So I, every time I walk past someone in the grocery store, I think if I get the thing and I die, the worst part about it isn't necessarily being dead. It's that people will be happy I'm dead. You know? And then people who I know who know nothing of this world of me are going to be like, why are people happy Joe's dead?
1: Right. Uh, Daichi you know? Mo's, Daichi's mohawk, you know, with his fucking yeah. Japanese lettering and he's a 16-year-old that lives in, you know, Oklahoma. He's going to fucking love that you die. Yeah. It's so weird.
0: Yeah. Yuji Hino's Grundle is going to be posting that he's glad I'm dead and people are going to be like, "Why? Why? Joe's a nice guy." So, um Yeah, so that's uh yeah, we're going to be doing that big Japan. We'll do that big Japan show next week. At least the good the stuff that we're going <laughs> to
1: We're now at the level where we're previewing <laughs> We're previewing. We're, Big we're, getting, church, we're teasing network. you that we're going to talk about shitty Big Japan shows next I'm week. A, come back a, next week for our Big <laughs> Japan. Talk.
0: Listen, what, we're going to do the Big Japan next week. We're going to do the NOAA Global Tag League. We put that off, right? Yeah, so right, right, right. 2AW,
1: that. 2AW, baby.
0: And the 2AW show. We're going F-K-A to do
1: Kaintai Dojo here on the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Let's go.
0: We're going to do those three topics for sure next week. Here's the thing, Rich. One of those might be the lead.
1: I am re- I'm ready for a world where we start with 2AW. Rich, I've been watching the old Kai and Tai Dojo. And I, <laughs> I'm I excited mean, for it. I'm ready for it.
0: Where else are we going to go with it? You're, I you're mean, right. yeah, unless awesome. a big story breaks, one of those is going to be the lead next week. That sound you hear are people unsubscribing.
1: <laughs> I was going to say that that, that. that sound was $100 in Patreon money being... A-
0: taken off the table um so all japan i guess we finish up today with all japan right so this was the i love the title of this show they did a no fan show in shinkiba first ring that little building that holds like 300 fans um people might know it from the new japan um not Lions Break. Those are the American ones. What yeah,
1: yeah. Call? The uh, uh, Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on the name of that? Or was it
0: Lions Break? Or is Lions Break the American? Lions Break
1: is the American one. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, man. The worst part what about this, this is 27 people are telling us. We Damn. Well,
0: that's the advantage of having the chat room now.
1: Maybe yeah, that some... we can hopefully... Uh, maybe they were called Lions Break. I don't remember. Whatever.
0: I think Lions Break are the one in the LA Dojo, right? Man.
1: This is the worst part. Oh, my God. It's the New Japan... Uh... <laughs> Screaming.
0: Or what? Or is lions break the Japanese ones and the American ones are called something else?
1: Oh my God!
0: Oh, and God. they stopped doing them. The Japanese. yeah, and
1: they they ruled, and I, I'm very pissed that they stopped doing it They them. were
0: good shows. They did them in this little building here, the first ring, um, New Japan <laughs> lions, something, lions. Lions Gate. Lions
1: Gates. Lions Gates. Lions Gate. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Stop. The <laughs>
0: Lions Gate. Yeah. Anyway, that's the building that they ran this little show in. And we talked about it a little bit at the top. But, man, this was right there with some of the Dynamites as the most enjoyable experience for a, 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 a no-fan show. They darkened the arena so you couldn't even see the seats. And, Rich, there. Are, this is a seven-match show. And the first five matches were done 28 minutes in
1: the show. I, know, I loved it. Oh, my God, I love this. Like, we were talking about it a little bit at the beginning of the show, where initially I was just like, man, these matches are going quick. And then I was like, these matches are going quick. And I loved it. It was like, guys got in the ring, they did their shit, boom, 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 in, out. I like it. More wrestling like this. more Especially in these empty arenas, more wrestling like this. Go in there, get your shit in do your stuff and get out of there. You know, don't have me waiting around for an hour and a half. Don't have me waiting around. Just get in there and do it because it was like it was super enjoyable. You knew at the end of the match, this guy won, that guy lost. The, you know, the, and, and there was not. It wasn't like they weren't wrestling, and it wasn't like they were wrestling like they the, you know they were on fire. Like they were wrestling like perfectly normal matches. It would just you know like do it, hit a move, and he'd pin him, and he'd win. And it was like all right, cool. I was fine with it. I loved it.
0: Yeah, the the first five matches to me, I'm watching them and. Not only are they enjoyable short matches, but I'm thinking if you've never seen All Japan before and you're dying for something to watch, these were good introductions
1: Absolutely, to the Absolutely, yeah. You, you knew who everybody was. You knew what everybody was, their style was, and all that sort of stuff. And then they boom, boom, got in and out. And then, yeah, the next guy and the next group of, of, of guys. So, yeah, I, I love that as, like, kind of a – because it's been a while since I watched, like, an entire All Japan show. So it was cool to kind of be like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's,
0: you know. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh, Purple Haze or the Heels.
1: Right, and- right. You, you get everything. Yeah, it, it, it was – masterfully done man three oh man these were three minutes four minutes two minutes one minute three minutes fuck yeah let's go yeah
0: and it's not like they were like shit matches they were good little matches for those lengths too this wasn't like
1: well except for kai and uh black men so that that, that was.
0: that's the thing you, the show didn't get off to a great start
1: <laughs> that was not good
0: that was just kind of there but after that it really i do
1: oh my god i love the dork-ass kai in the fucking opener of an all japan empty arena match i love that perfect spot for uh,
0: you're still banging on the kai i respect he
1: blows he sucks
0: I like Black Minsol Ray. I like his music. Cha 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 cha. cha, cha, cha no, it's cha, shots. Cha, That's cha. it's
1: the shot song. Yeah, you don't go to enough uh, terrible bars or clubs.
0: And I like how, but what I don't like is I always thought he was like replicating like a cobra. Do you know what his gimmick is?
1: I don't. I actually thought it was like a, a snake or something. Like a what snake is it?
0: or a cobra. Rich, he's a tea kettle.
1: Oh God, <laughs> I, lo- I I I love tea, so I'm actually into that. So
0: he's a tea kettle. <laughs> it's
1: not very. It's not very. uh It's hard to get scared of a tea kettle.
0: All this time, even the name Black Menso Ray, I'm like, oh, like that's some kind of snake, right? That's some kind of dangerous fucking animal from the animal kingdom. He's He's a tea kettle. And then if you look at his little hat on his mask, it's a fucking tea kettle. I never noticed that before. So I don't know if I just ruined him for you. Like he kind uh, he's, of-
1: I didn't yeah. think he was very good. He kind of stinks anyway. So, uh, no, you didn't See, ruin I him for me. Uh, the, the team thing might enhance me. I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. Let me-
0: I think he's a nice little undercard wrestler. I don't have problems with wrestlers like this if they're in the proper place. You know what I mean? That's the thing about No Fun Lanza. Everyone thinks I'm No Fun Lanza. I just don't want it, like, prominently.
1: You don't want geeks in your main events, but you're fine with geeks in your openers.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And then you had Koji Iwamoto and Tajiri. Versus Karusato and Yusuke Okada. How good was Iwamoto here, especially the finish with the judo throw on Okada? Oh my
1: god, dude! Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen the judo throw in a while, or maybe I don't remember it. But yeah, dude, yeah. I was like, "Fuck, this guy's my favorite wrestler ever now," because <laughs> he bounced off the ropes and just fucking drops this dude with a judo throw. And you're like, it, it will. If you're watching this match, and 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 maybe we spoiled it, we should have just not told anybody. Because, and that's what I said, that's the cool thing about these short matches, is they're just boom, 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 they're doing stuff, and all of a sudden this dude just fucking launches a judo throw, boom, one, two, three, and you're like, hell yeah, that's like the greatest finisher in wrestling right now. I love this dude, I, I this was great, I was all in on this. I want this man to win the, uh, I, I'm, I'm, Jake Lee hit the fucking bricks, here's my new champion.
0: Oh, you're bumping him up? Yeah, oh that? yeah, he's right up
1: there, he's up there already, judo throw, Swama. win the fucking title, let's go.
0: The thing about Iwamoto is sometimes he leans too heavily on the judo throws. Like, he'll have matches where he does, like, six of them.
1: Right, I do remember seeing those before. Yeah, they kind of lose their importance when he does it seven times.
0: Exactly. But a situation like this, and he put away Okada clean, right in the middle, you know? And I was like, wow. Then you had Tokeo Omori, fiery youngster, uh, versus Chikara. (laughs) I liked this match.
1: It was good, yeah.
0: Chikara ambushes him in the beginning and like crotches him on the middle rope right and he's like trying to like steal the win
1: well Amori's trying to come down he's trying to come down to the ring Chikara's like in his face right away and like ah and he's just like come on dude let me do my thing let me get my fucking wolf's you know yeah, yeah. fur off and then I'll fight your ass in a minute but Chikara wants him right away and then he's like, is just like okay alright here we go <laughs> so he beats his ass but then Chikara gets a little bit of a you know a little bit of an edge a little bit of an edge and then Amori just puts him away and then they just bow together Chikara's just like alright well I gave him a my- my shot and i lost so whatever <laughs> yeah
0: i tried to ambush you it failed
1: <laughs> right you're better than me you are takawa mori so that's all right
0: i came up short like i always do and and Chikara's is a bad pro wrestler i mean but the thing about it is no one pretends he's any good right it's like a
1: stalker Ishikawa thing like when you lean into that sort of comedy it's pretty fun
0: i don't even think he thinks he's good you know he's just you know so this again getting the personalities over like you knew everything you need to know about Takeo Omori and Chikara. Yeah, you had
1: you had stern veteran that's got no time for this bullshit. You got cheeky young guy that wants to get one over but knows he kinda sucks. And yeah, it was perfect.
0: Yeah, quote unquote young. How yeah, old he's he
1: thirty eight years old. yeah, do the Amore joke if people are gonna that's that's
0: Chikara's gotta be like He's forty, 40.
1: yeah, he's like near forty. He's like thirty eight or forty or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um so then we had Jiro out there with his dopey little suit jacket and uh he gets a quick DQ win over Johnny Velenetta cuz like i said now they established purple haze right they do this attack on jiro and um what's interesting on this show is then i don't know if it was at this point or after the next match but then they did the long promo by uh Shatoru Oshino and Oshino and Jiro were going to be in carnival this year how mm-hmm. disappointing is that that
1: sucks yeah those guys would have been awesome in there
0: you know i've kind of cooled off on jiro over the years um but it still would have been a different change of pace. And Ashino, of course, would have been just a tremendous addition. He he came out and did a promo. Not only did he say he would have been in Carnival, but he's all Japan moving forward. Yeah, which is awesome. I,
1: I will say one thing I didn't like, I wanted him out in there in that suit. I, you know yeah. I love Ashino in the fucking suit, man. He, I know he was wearing his little t-shirt and he was doing that sort of stuff, but I want suit man Ashino. Even if he's not the champion, I want him looking like the champion at all times.
0: And we get some answers now because he says – he hinted that he's bringing friends along, which means a lot of people think he's bringing his unit along with him. And that will inject a lot of fresh blood into all Japan in addition to just him. I mean if he's bringing his whole unit. And it starts to answer some questions of where a lot of the Wrestle 1 guys are going to fall in the landscape. You know? Uh, Inaba, right. we got to see where he ends up.
1: And, and people uh, think something. we're crude when we say like we want some of these companies to go away because they're just kind of there. And 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 the, the reason it's we say right. that –
0: them to fold
1: right right but the, if they're going to fold it is beneficial the to the entire industry that they go to instead Correct. of having 15 eh, companies it's not the worst thing in the world to have four or five strong companies and this will the wrestle one dying or wrestle one doing whatever it's going to do is going to help all japan tremendously because they just gained a fucking superstar in Ishino and then some other depth talent as well it's going to help a lot
0: yeah we'll see how ashino assimilates in a new company where he's going to look small there's a lot of giants in this company That's
1: true yeah yeah you know, he's, how I, big is he he's not
0: I don't think he's a big guy you know and and he's going to get in there now with with Suji Ishikawa and Suwama and Zeus and Jake Lee who's like 6'4 but doesn't have the girth of some of these Apparently
1: up. he's 5'9 215 yeah that's
0: He's not a big guy you know, and and in Wrestle One that was okay because you know you're wrestling in Inaba or these. It's like they're all small, but like we'll see how he assimilates. And but yeah, it, it look. I'm not. I'm not rooting for Wrestle One to fold. You know, but there are upsides to it. You know, we see if a, we see if a guy like Ashino could hang in a slightly bigger company. We see. Uh, All Japan desperately needed a new injection of talent, and they're getting it. So there are upsides when this kind of stuff happens. Then we had uh, the good Italian boy, Akira Francesco, with Jiro and Yoshitatsu, then defeating Johnny Valletta, Izanagi, and Shigehiro Iri, Purple Haze. They did a Heyman special. They did the DQ in the singles match with Valletta and Jiro. And it bled into a six man tag. Yeah, which ruled.
1: It's fucking tag. great. I love it. I knew at that point you were gonna love this show. When I was watching this, I was like, oh my god, Joe is just <laughs> standing yeah. and clapping at the, the Heyman special, the DQ into a six man. It's perfect.
0: It's the DQ into the un, into the impromptu six man, and then the baby faces win in the end. It's the Heyman, it's a Heyman special. And how often do you see that in a traditional company like All Japan of all places?
1: Right. I was very surprised to see that here. So cool stuff. So they were
0: having some fun with it. And like we said, as these matches were ending, the participants were going into the crowd to add atmosphere to the matches that followed them. First of which was my favorite match on the show. Jun Akiyama, <laughs> Tashi Segera, who should remain a team and win every set of tag team titles on the planet. I That's
1: love it, I yeah. It. The grumpy uncles just like on their porch, you know, drinking lemonade. Like, all right. <laughs> put the put the paper down and say, all right, these young assholes want to fight us. All right. like, And Rich...
0: They put the boots oh, yeah. to Dan Tamora and Hokuto Omori, two young boys, or two uh, – I guess they're not young boys. Tamora's been around a while, right? but I mean they're still – they're prelim guys. So they put the boots to these two young boys for 12 minutes and 32 seconds on a show where the other five matches combined weren't 12 minutes long. They beat the living shit out of these two guys
1: and it, to me, it was too short. I couldn't get enough of this. Did you love this as much as I did? Oh, I did. Yeah, it was great stuff. And, and the thing, too, is what was cool about this match in particular is, like, you, you, you get the idea that Akiyama and Segura could put these guys away in a minute if they wanted to. But they're just out there having a wrestle. You know what I mean? They're just like, yeah. all right, you know, these you got us out of bed. We're not going to just do this in a minute. We're going to really make it, you know, punish you for, for, you know, even thinking that you can get in the ring with us type thing. So it's yeah. like they could have pinned him. You know, Akiyama could have fucking dropped him on his head and pinned him one, two, three. Segura could have taken his take his head off of the lariat and pinned him. But they were like, yeah, you know what? I'll tag. We'll do this. We'll have a little fun. Like that. Then you kind of get the idea that these old guys are. Eh, I feel like you know this is kind of fun. I'm glad we did this. You know, <laughs> you know it. It hurts to get out of bed. It hurts to get. But once you get rolling, it's like yeah, you know, might as well keep going. And they just toyed with these kids. <laughs> just fucked them up for minute after minute. It was great, man. It did not feel like 12 minutes at all. It felt like it, it just went by in a flash. It was really, really cool.
0: This was the proverbial cat fucking around with a half-dead mouse. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: just batting him around and, and then putting him away. God, I love that Like well, You dynamic. made
1: us stop reading our papers, so now we're going to just, you know, all right, you want to fight? We'll fucking fight then. All right, let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is when you're 12 and you challenge your dad to a wrestling match in the living room and you realize he has that old man strength that you can't compete with and he could snap your neck at any time. You know, I would love to see these two guys just do a death march through various companies and just win tag team titles all over them. Yeah, it'd be
1: great. They were a good team. I liked it.
0: I don't know if death march is a good analogy during a global pandemic. Yeah, maybe
1: <laughs> not a death march, but a uh, it was, this a, is a run, life. a quote unquote run would be. Yeah. Uh.
0: So then the main event was the match everybody's talking about. This was a 60 minute time limit draw. Jake Lee, Suji Ishikawa, and Yuma Aoyagi against Kento Miyahara, Suwama, and Zeus. Rich, it's not that the match was bad.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was good or bad. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, then we have different takes because yeah. I, I thought that the match was good and well worked, but there was no connective tissue from beginning to end. It didn't feel like the same match at the end that it was at the beginning, and I know that's not easy for 60 minutes, but I have to judge what I see. And because it was so long and I it, it didn't hold my attention all the way through, and yeah, the last 10 minutes were awesome, right? With Suwama and Ishikawa just beating the living shit out of each other, I can't call it a great match. Um, I also can't call it a complete waste of time. It's not. It didn't give me the feeling that Edge versus Orton gave me, or Gargano versus Ciampa uh, gave me. But a lot of people are saying that this is a great match of the year caliber match, and I can't go that far with it because there just wasn't enough connective tissue throughout the match. There wasn't a there wasn't a match long story. At least one that connected with me. It felt like five different matches, and that's fine. But, man, look, they tried it. I understand I have to try different things, just like we talked about earlier with some of these companies. But uh, it was a decent little match, but I, I can't go crazy for it like some other people
1: are. Yeah, I like maybe it was good. Maybe it was bad. Like I, I was left just kind of not knowing what I had seen when it was over because it was so long. You, you know what I mean? Like I had to watch it like three different sittings because like I had watched a part of it. And then I had to go do something, and I came back, and I was like twenty minutes in, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, there's still forty minutes left of this match, like, because I knew it was a time limit draw. Like, maybe if you're watching it not knowing that, you might be, but it's just, it was so daunting to to hit play and and, and look at the video on, on All Japan TV, and you're like, oh Jesus Christ, this thing's, got that. the rest of the video is this match, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is gonna happen, and and like there was some stu- there was some stuff that I did enjoy, you know, I like you said the Swama Ishikawa stuff at the end of the match was really really good, the rest of it though, I I, I was. I You know, talking right now, and I just finished it this morning, I don't know if I remember much else that happened in it. You know, and that, that's a problem. when You go 60 minutes, and you go yeah. so long, and a lot of it is just plotting, and a lot of it is just guys tagging in tagging out and having a wrestling match or whatever. You know, what was I supposed to feel after this match? I felt Ishikawa and Suama, I'm looking forward to that match, but otherwise I don't feel anything else. Bingo. Like, what What? What am I supposed to think? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Who am I supposed to boo? What am I supposed to want, look forward to? All I have is Ishikawa and Suama. The other... 49 minutes of the match I don't know. like
0: hey man they went out there and worked their ass off no
1: it was a good effort match but it was when it was done I basically just said I don't know was that good I like in my head I'm like I think I liked it I don't know I don't remember
0: I'll give you another takeaway I had Miyahara looks naked without that title and
1: real quickly did it annoy you that he came out and he was so happy go lucky
0: Oh, I know where you're going with this. It didn't, but okay. tell me why it bothered you. Well, because
1: I mean, like this dude just—he just ended like a, a historic reign. He's—he's he's one reign away from from tying an all-time mark, tying the biggest mark, one of the the most the prestige, you know, most title reigns and all the most defenses, all sorts. Of, he had all this, like he could have been right there on the cusp of doing it. Losing the title, he comes out and he's kind of doing his fake, like, eh, hey, let's all have fun. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing my old Kenton Harder thing. Like, I'm not, I don't know what I wanted. I kind of wanted Kenton Harder to be like, no, I'm fucking pissed, man. I'm getting that title back.
0: I hear you. He I'm not going to team with Suwama.
1: And he's teaming with the guy.
0: Teaming with the guy who beat him, too. That's right.
1: Like, isn't that weird? It bothered me. I don't know why it bothered me, but it just did. I, I, I want I want sulking, give me my fucking title back. No, I'm not tagging with you, you asshole. Come on, let's go.
0: I, listen, I got to be honest. I didn't occur to me in the moment, but it's not a bad point, but I can't sit here and lie and say that I felt the same way, but not a bad point. All I could think about is he's doing his Kento Miyahara entrance and being goofy and, you know, doing his, is he looks naked without the title and man, I already miss him as champion. I, I, I just feel like he should be the champion in this company. You know, I, to me, he is modern all Japan. He is He's what I think of, you know, and, um, it just felt weird that he wasn't champion i actually i think i saw either a tweet or someone in the discord and they they were at when Miyahara they were watching live and when Miyahara came out they were like ah he didn't even bother bringing the title to this show because <laughs> right. they forgot he wasn't champion that's how used it's to all
1: we we've been. known yeah it's all we've known for so long
0: you know and then the person was like oh shit wait a minute no he's he fucking lost it what am i talking about but um Yeah, I mean, I can't call the match a waste of time, but at the same time, I cannot recommend it. I cannot tell you, listener of the flagship, hey, you're bored? You want some wrestling to watch? Go watch this 60-minute match. I can't do that. But I I can tell you, go watch this show. I think especially, I think this is a very useful show if you're not super familiar with the roster. It's almost like an introductory show.
1: Yeah, in a half an hour, you know all the major players. um, You know that Ashino is coming in. Uh, you know the heels, you know the baby faces, you know the veterans. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's a nice tight introduction to to all Japan and and all Japan. Did you know da- right, right, right. You got all that, and all Japan TV is a, a great service too. They do a great job, uh, very clear, very obvious what's going on. So yeah, if you're if you're looking for for more wrestling, and all Japan could be pretty fun uh, moving forward. I mean, obviously, you know, pending whatever the hell happens next with the with coronavirus or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, all Japan TV is 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 where all that stuff's on there. That's good stuff
0: so next week big Japan <laughs> NOAA Tag league 2Aw <laughs> and maybe if some news breaks are we finally running out of footage to talk about uh, we,
1: so far no but we'll see it, the, the, I do feel so like it's could
0: next week be it I next mean next we, week
1: might be it I mean Japan is starting to say all right let's get a little serious about this what we're doing here so um
0: are we good now now look there'll always be there's gonna be dynamite through May 23rd. There's going to be WWE through Money in the Bank. I think MLW has another month left. I mean, if we need to find something, we could find it. But I think the well is finally starting to run a little dry. (laughs) We thought it was going to happen a month ago, but it didn't. But we're we're starting to run out of shit. We need news to break. That's what we need to carry these shows. Can we really come on here and open with 2AW? (laughs) Is that really going to be the lead so, you
1: might know it as K-Dojo, but t- today it's called 2AW. It's...
0: Do I have to sit here and do Dinosaur Takuma for 20 minutes? Do I have to do that? I mean, because oh. we could. We could do it.
1: These are these are these are weird times, Joe. These are weird
0: Isn't times. Kind of cool though that it kind of cleared a path for some big Japan talk. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Month. No, I like this. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to have to just be like, "All right, Joe on Dynamite." <laughs> you know, Lance Archer came out and did this. Like, it's right. cool. Like, I'm I, you do the TV reviews obviously on Patreon. I watch them all, but it, like, I love the idea of us just watching shit that we're not used to, and, and we don't usually cover. This has been fun, but yeah. I do worry that we're, we're getting pretty close <laughs> to, to it. So, uh, Drangit had a Sambo Hall show uh, on four four. You can watch that. Oh, we could do that next week, too. Boom. There it is. I was about to start it. I was about to start it before we recorded. So can we, we
0: play the bouncing music for three hours? <laughs> it just, it just
1: starts and bounces.
0: Play yeah. it for three hours.
1: I mean, we could.
0: <laughs> just three hours of it. The and, you, and you
1: said we can't do it live. There's a way I could do it live. The set it up is a little weird, but I could do it live if we needed to. Oh wow! It'd be ridiculous because we would hear it in our, like I don't know if my brain, like I know people think it's fun and 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 whatnot, but I'm thinking in my own head, I'd get distracted listening to it and trying to talk at the same time. You oh, know what God, I mean? Because yeah. you would not hear it, but I would hear it the entire time. It would it would show up in the recording, and the people listening on 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 Patreon, the super fans, they would hear it as well. But I don't know that I could hear it for three hours straight. That be right. a little much, so yeah. All eh. right, two aw <laughs> next week.
0: We're gonna have <laughs> to get creative. Who knows?
1: <laughs> oh God! All right, so this is pretty good. I thought this was fine. I, there was one point where I muted myself and and I talked and you responded to me, so people thought it was kind of weird. And uh, you don't even remember when that happened, Joe, because you hear everything. But um, I muted myself in my end, so the streamers didn't hear it. But there was only one sentence, and you burped twice. Eh, I took a that. leak, and I don't think anybody even knew, unless I knew you said.
0: You took it. I could. You didn't tell me. Well, I, I did. If
1: you'd have, have checked it. your goddamn phone, you would have known, but that's all right.
0: I Got to check my. Oh wait, did my mother text me back real quick? Yeah, hold
1: on. Hold on. Yeah, we got what we got to our... Let's do that.
0: Oh, come on. Porn long dong.
1: Look at that. Even knew the even knew the the Even knew a specialty. More. All right. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you got her going. You got her fired up.
0: Why do you always ask me this stuff about knowing people? LOL. <laughs> She's on to you. There's more. Yes, I've seen both in action
1: Whoa, alright There's more
0: Oh Ron was ugly and hairy Yes Okay, that's Stop, that's it now
1: Oh, that's it Oh, I was wondering what her take on Jenna was
0: There's no no take on John Holmes Just the Ron oh, Jeremy Oh, on, on
1: John Holmes Oh, right Oh, I forgot You asked about Holmes and, and, and Ron I Jerry.
0: asked Ron Jeremy and John Holmes So
1: we could assume that she knows Jenna Jameson. Like that's that's no question. She knows.
0: Jenna Jameson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's watched private parts. She's watched private
1: parts. She knows.
0: (laughs) I would ask her, but she might not answer and we're running out of time, but I'm sure she knows Jenna Jameson. But uh I like to see Joe text his mother during the show.
1: (laughs) She's gonna get on to you though. She's gonna start demanding some of this money too. She called them dongs. (laughs) I, I do like that. I don't know if my mother would call anything dongs, but Yeah. Big dong,
0: <laughs> yeah, long, long dong. Oh, long
1: dong. That's what it was. Long dongs. Okay,
0: maybe she doesn't respect the girth of Jeremy. I'm not asking her that. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, I, I, I'll ask my mother if she respects the girth of Jeremy.
1: Well, <laughs> report. That's so. That's our hook have... for next week. That's our hook for next week. Joe's mom responds to Joe's text about girth. Is is um... yeah. That's what you got there. Anyway, all right, that is it for us on our maiden voyage here, the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Live. If you're listening on demand or you're listening on, on your podcast app, we, we still appreciate you. Still thank you. But if you want to listen live like our folks did, uh, voicewrestling.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash Voice Wrestling the $10 tier. Uh, we have a WrestleMania uh, instant reactions that we mentioned are on the $10 tier as well. $5 tier is still getting stuff. I got the Lavelle look back. Uh, looking at the 2000 WCW Spring Break. That is up this week. Joe's T-Reviews are still up there. News updates are still up there. All that other stuff is going on. Uh, we might do, might, might. We're going to see. I might do a trial run of the Q&As this weekend and try to kind of work that out before we launch it into the uh, the actual flagship. So uh, keep an eye out for that. That'll be a $10 tier. We'll get that information um, as well. But uh, yeah, I thought this was pretty good, Joe. We went live and it was fine. I told you'd it be fine. Yeah, same we business as do. usual. Business as usual, and these people waiting and, and chomping at the bit for you to say something bad. It was me that I, I got canceled. What? did I, Oh, because I called Tegan Nox. I said I said Tegan Nox was good at crying. So you got canceled twice, which is a shame because I like Tegan Nox.
0: I like her a lot. I could, do, I could do a joke. So a Jew, a black guy, and an Italian walking. <laughs> there to a we bar. go. All right, we gotta
1: go. <laughs> We got so close. We're only two minutes left. Anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Grace. We'll see you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.